Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. It is uh, Tuesday, October the 25th. Uh, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and pleased to have with us today special guest joining us for the first time on the Ice Guys, uh, former NHLer, Leafs, Flyers, time in the AHL, time in the UK, uh, over in England as well for a bit. And now he's joined the media fraternity. Uh, got a daily Leaf show uh, on the Nation Network. Pleased to be joined by Jay Rosehill, a.k.a. Rosie. His player nickname. What do you think, Jay? What? How welcome uh, to the show? Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it'll be uh, be fun. We've been texting and emailing a little bit uh, for the past couple months since I ran into you and uh, exchanging. Well, I wouldn't say exchanging. I, I've been extracting tips from you, but uh, yeah, it's fun to get on the uh, show and see what you guys are all about. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and Jay is one of the 200 people or so that are on my daily betting email lists, and it's like daily NBA, <laughs> NHL college football, NFL, college basketball is coming around the corner. That's coming up. So uh, he's receiving those every day, and I'm hopefully, hoping I'm not putting them in the poor house. Uh, that's all I'm hoping for right now at this uh, point in time. But, uh, no, right now the betting side of things, Jay, as you know, it's been pretty good for me. Football season off to, the, honestly, my best start there. Uh, and uh, hockey's gotten off to a solid start, and uh, it's been good. But, again, it can change uh, very quickly. So let's get in to a little bit about Jay Rosehill. Getting into hockey, starting hockey, your growth of rising up the ranks, getting into the NHL, and just the uh, early portions of your career when you made it to the uh, NHL, the big show, and were playing for the Leafs and for the Flyers for many years. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, just growing up in Western Canada here, we uh, we just played hockey just by default, you know, a lot of the times. And my brother had uh, started to started to play hockey on his own and he was a couple years older than me. So just naturally, whatever he did, I was interested in. So um, ended up starting hockey at about four years old. And it's just, you know, I don't even, I barely remember starting it. It was just always part of my identity is always something that I did. And, um, you know, as I started to get as, you know, an older kid and in my younger teen years and stuff, uh, you know, I think the Rock'em Sock'em videos from Don Cherry, you know, we'd get those, we'd get those every single, every single Christmas. And, uh, we'd watch them and me, my dad, my brother and my sister and mom were in on it watching and, um, just loved that perspective of hockey and, you know, the Eric Lindros era and, you know, Wendell Clark and the way Darcy Tucker played. I always was, was driven to that stuff more than the, the skill stuff or the, or the goals and stuff. I wanted to see the big hits and the intensity and everything like that. So, um, started to kind of, lean towards that style of hockey as we started to play hit hockey and you know as you start to become 15 and 16 you start playing you know midget triple a and you're starting to grow into your body in a little bit you start to get some attention from different scouts and whatnot and you know i was a defenseman at the time and played a rough style of hockey so you'd think that i'd, I'd fit pretty well with the whl but uh uh, I just happened to get listed with Seattle and the idea of going down to the to the U.S. to finish uh, high school and to to start playing in the WHL and you know I'd really have to grow up in a hurry and to be honest with you at 16, 17 I wasn't prepared to do that and I didn't 
didn't want to go down to the States and, and start living and, and, you know, get turned into something that maybe I, I wasn't sure if I was, I was starting to, you know, feel like I was getting considerably better at hockey every year. And, uh, and I wanted to let that continue and let it grow. So I decided to stay at home and play junior A hockey. Uh, my brother was playing on the team already. Uh, I could stay at home, my buddies, my small town, and, you know, I'd happen to grow up there. So I was a good opportunity for me to do that. And, you know, my first year playing there, I got a full ride scholarship uh, to Minnesota, Duluth, and I got drafted to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So um, it just kind of proves that, you know, if you're there and they want you, they'll find you. You don't have to play uh, in the WHL and or in the in the CHL in general. There's other avenues, especially if you're kind of a, a late bloomer and, and you think you want a couple more years to develop. Um, so I went that way and, you know, then you start your journey down in the States there for the most part. And you know, college wasn't really for me. Uh, it was a good opportunity to learn and develop and play some of that more skilled hockey and um, take a lot of time to practice throughout the week and really work on your actual skills and your skating and whatnot. But um, at the end of the day, it just it wasn't for me. I wanted to play hockey for a living and, and the school was kind of bothering me um, as far as trying to juggle both. And I knew that if I wanted to get my degree, that was always going to be there. But the opportunity to play professional hockey wasn't. So started playing, uh, signed with Tampa Bay and started playing pro. And, you know, uh, my first year pro was the year after that 05 lockout. So um, all the rules were different. All the rules changed. And it was just a whirlwind of learning and, and playing defense for a couple more years. And obstruction was a huge thing. And the game changed overnight, basically. So I had to kind of adapt with the game. And my third year pro in the in the uh, in the American Hockey League, I, I started playing forward. And, and that's when I started to get myself into some fights and whatnot and the the numbers of of fighting majors just started to rack up and um all of a sudden you turn around and you have 35 some throughout a whole season and it's just you're kind of surprised how that happened but it was kind of organic how it went about it and it, it wasn't something that i i set out to do it just kind of happened on its own and i i kind of enjoyed doing it i was i was pretty good at it and um you know it garnered you respect and different opportunities and um, you know, all of a sudden being a defenseman and working on that was kind of in the past and I was kind of honing my game, um, on this other aspect. And, and then, you know, you snap your fingers and, and I get traded to the, the Toronto Maple Leafs and Brian Burke puts me right in his lineup. So, um, you know, then you start obviously an NHL career as much as you can get out of it, uh, from that point forward. Yeah. And you know what? It's, it's not surprising that Brian Burke, one of the guys that opens the door for you. Uh, Jay into the NHL because truculence became a buzzword uh, obviously in Brian Burke's tenure uh, as the Leafs GM he wanted you know he wanted his star players to feel like they could make plays on the ice without having to look over their shoulder okay that's the main thing he wanted uh, obviously them to have feel that, that security have that protection on the ice be able to police things a little bit you actually were in the league now Jay played in the NHL like late 2000s we're talking 2000 I believe 8 and 9 is when it when he started and then he went was with the Leafs till about 2012 and then you had a stint with the Flyers 2012 to 2014 it's yeah. almost like you 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 hit the time period at a perfect time because the, the yeah. game has completely changed and now I look at the game now and we just the enforcer role is diminished uh, completely now in the NHL. And that's why personally, and Alex and I spoke about this last week on the show, I look at someone that's from my town here, Hamilton, Ontario. He's playing for the Canadians right now, Arbor Jacki, this great defenseman, and he obviously can handle himself. He drops the gloves. He, we saw what he did to Zach Cassian last week, treated that guy like a little boy. 
uh, yeah. on the ice, dragging him around and just absolutely annihilated him uh, in a fight. I want to see a heavyweight division again in the NHL, like from my day growing up in the 90s when we had Mick Fakoda, Bob Probert, Rob Ray, Ty Domi, Marty McSorley, uh, go on down the list of Tony Twist. I mean, just so many great heavyweights back then. But the only way we're going to see that right now, Jay, is we're going to have to see guys that can do more than just that. Drop the gloves. You've got to be able to skate. You've got to be able to play defense. You've got to be able to contribute winning plays and contribute to a winning environment in other ways besides that. And that's why I'm cheering for a guy like Arbor Jacki, that to, to play well, do his thing, be good defensively, score a goal like he did the other night. Because if we get heavyweight players like that, but they can play the game and they can contribute positively to their team on a nightly basis besides just the physical element and dropping the gloves, then we all of a sudden have a rebirth of you know maybe heavyweights in the league. So I'm hoping for that and success for Arbor. Yeah, for sure. You look at that kid. Um, I didn't know a whole lot about him coming in uh, into the league, to be honest, but <clears throat> I was hearing throughout the preseason, oh, this tough kid and look out for him. And I kind of thought to myself, oh, okay, like what are they, you know, they're calling Zach Aston Reese, uh, you know, a tough guy to look out for. And I, <laughs> I just don't know where that comes from. So I'm thinking, right. okay, who's this tough guy that they think is going on right now? And, um, you know, it was a little bit downplaying it in my mind right away. But then, uh, looking at him, I'm like, oh, how big is that guy? And he's like six five two thirty. He can skate. He can play hockey. He's, you know, he's a guy that can insert him in that lineup and he doesn't look out of place by any stretch. And then, like you say, what he did to Cassie in there, like, I changed my mind instantly. Like, I think this guy can roll with anybody. And as long as he keeps his confidence up, which is what impressed me so much, he he just goes at Cassie in your first NHL fight. It, it's it's with a rough customer, a guy that can handle himself. Obviously, you've got the size and, you know, the height and the weight advantage on, on Cassian, but the way he just attacked and chucked and spun him around and, and spun him on his ass at the end of that fight, I was like, man, this guy means business and he knows what he's doing and he's not scared. That's the biggest thing. When you go in and you can see a fear in a guy's eyes, you know, he'll take the first opportunity he can to get out of that fight. He'll be a guy that'll slip on a banana peel and fall down and all of a sudden, ooh, and thank goodness that's over. You know, that stuff is very visible. And I, you know, it's a small sample size, but I don't see any of that in that kid, man. He looked tough as nails, confident, ready to go. And I'm actually really excited to see him up against some of the big boys in the league right now. You know, those Deloriers and the, the Revos and, and fight some of those big guys and see how he handles himself. Because, you know, I, I checked out a couple of tilts of his on YouTube and even over in the in the, the CHL when he's playing junior, man. And obviously you're kind of playing against some boys compared to men back then. But um, he's chucking them with Just some force. people down Yeah, there. Oh, some intensity. Oh and I'm like, oh boy, he does that. And then to step into the league. And it's always impressive to me to see some of these younger guys step into the league so seamlessly. Like to me, the NHL was on this pedestal so high. And like, I mean, my first year pro, I uh, – I was like a black ace with the team at the end of the year. I got called up on on paper, but didn't actually play and was as close as you could be. And I remember thinking like, man, like, geez. And, you know, just personally, I'm like, ah, geez, I don't have to build up to that. Like, I don't know if I'm ready. I need some more experience. And, you know, and then these other kids come up and they're just like, boom, put me in there. And I'm going to be giving the guns to the crowd and friggin' celebrating big time and snapping it around with like all this confidence. They, these kids just ooze the confidence. I'll give them that. So um, it's nice for these these young guys to have that as far as stepping into the league and, and making an impact right away. But uh, 
I think there's a trade-off with the way they handle themselves sometimes, some of these younger guys, but uh, I think that's a different story. But um, definitely that kid coming into Montreal is, has made an impact. And like I said, I'd like to see him fight some of these big boys and see how he handles himself because I, I, I think it'll be just fine. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, well, you know, you you know, transition, like I said, playing, you know, in, in the AHL and NHL. And then, of course, at the end of your career, you had two years over in the EIHL in the UK. Talk a little bit about and you know, we'll, we'll discuss more. Of course, we got a Patreon exclusive video. Where we're talking more about the fighters of today, but just kind of explain how at the kind of the end of your career, you saw a lot of some of the other veteran enforcers. Brian McGratton was one that come to mind, you know, playing over in the UK. Uh, you know, where that role was kind of a de- uh, embraced more as things were kind of dwindling for that role in the NHL and the AHL. So uh, just, you know, maybe talk a little bit about your time in the UK and how that game kind of accepted the old school roles a little bit more than the North American game over that time. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Um, You know, that that league's an up and comer for sure. And you you can see that with some of the quality of, of hockey that they're putting out. And I think in, you know, from when I was there to the 10 years prior, they were just leaps and bounds um, better with their hockey from from their grassroots program on how they how they bring uh, the UK players up and how good a hockey they could play. You could tell they'd been playing it their whole life at at a respectable level and like with the proper rules and, and it's organized and it's competitive and you're tiering and it's all these different things and they have a lot of the skill sets that um we do we do back in north america so the league's starting to come up and then you know when i was my time in philly and or on that 2014 mark they just cut all the tough guys off the teams in the nhl like it just was a chain reaction from the top to the bottom and throughout the divisions you could just see it go with oh we got rid of our guy he got rid of his guy we'll get rid of our guy we play them how many times he doesn't have anybody okay well then we'll get rid of our guy and we can put this guy back in and and you just i think there's 13 guys i i counted that that year that um i i was you know it uh, reminds me of a boss when he's laying off an entire division of his company oh yeah and 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 all the companies follow suit because we can we can all we all kind of subconsciously or quietly agree that we're going to go this direction as soon as as soon as the the levy breaks you know the whole thing goes and it did so a lot of us were going over to europe looking for jobs and whatnot and um you know i think that's the time that the ruble got pretty much cut in half and um the economy was getting crushed over in europe so the money that used to be over there for for guys like us whereas was kind of dried up with those with those leagues losing sponsorships and all the corporate money and stuff like that so these other up-and-coming leagues like the like the uh like the elite league in in the UK, were we're starting to recruit some of us over there, and they were able to start to pay the guys what what would be worth it to go over there. And um, I think the coaches over there were were of an old school mentality, where like this puts fans in the seats. This is what we want. These guys have value. We can market them. They've got experience in the NHL. They can actually be leaders and players on our team. And um, you start to see guys go over there, and and you know drastically the quality of hockey went up in in a couple of years there by the sounds of things. So. Um, it was fun to go over there and like Ryan Finnerty was the coach and, and, uh, and the GM over there and he recruited me to come over and he's like, you can fight 10 times if you want, or you can fight zero times. I don't care. I just want your experience. I want your leadership. I want you to be net front on the power play. I want you to play on the top couple of lines, just play hockey, make, make plays. And I can tell that by looking at your numbers, when you got a chance to play, you could play and you can skate and, but you know, you got pigeonholed into that that role that you played because it's the NHL and there's lots of people that can do lots of things well. So um, it was just nice to hear that it was getting tiring playing in the American league. And once they unloaded all the tough guys from the, from the big league, I, I kind of knew my time was done. I'm saying, well, 
this isn't just going to come back all of a sudden. They're making a stand, the media-driven, um, you know, concussion problems and, you know, the NFL playing out, paying out such a huge lawsuit to their concussion issues. And the, the league just wanted to stay away from that. So I knew it wasn't going to turn around overnight and I was going to be back in the NHL. I saw the writing on the wall. So um, I thought, well, I can either bang it on the American League or go have an experience. And, you know, me and my family went over there and I played every golf course on the, uh, on the open rota and, you know, got to do a lot of the stuff that I like to do personally. And then my family and my two kids came over and my oldest son started school over there. He was wearing the British uniform and he talked with a British accent and my wife was having a good time over there. And we just got to kind of travel the world and, and have an experience. So I consider myself super lucky that I got to go over there and finish my career. Cause it was, it was on my terms and I did it positively. And, you know, I didn't get injured to finish. I didn't get cut. I didn't get told I wasn't good enough. I, it wasn't some big, um, you know, heartbreaking moment where it's all over all of a sudden and, um, you know, you're devastated. It was, I knew from Christmas on because I decided this was going to be my last year and I got to kind of ride it out the way um, that I wanted to. It was, it was pretty nice to be able to do that because I know lots of guys that I've played with haven't been able to do that just due to circumstances. And um, like I said, that's kind of a blessing to be able to do that. Yeah, there's, it's absolutely, it was, you were ready to walk away, ready to move on life after hockey with your family. And again, you got a young family. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that was part of it, and you and you were content with that decision, and it was on your terms. I mean, it was not an injury that cut your career short. You're right; it wasn't, uh, as you said, you know, getting cut from a certain team. You got to say, you know what, it's time to move on, and you made that decision. And obviously, you're happy. And move on, you have, because uh, we've got some uh, highlight reel, uh, the Jay Rosehill vault coming up. Uh, in just a couple of minutes, and then we'll get to uh, tonight's NHL card and break down the games. But before we get into that, how about the life after hockey? How is that going for you? Talk a little bit about what you're doing now. We'll let you promote the uh, Leaf show that you're doing daily, uh, weekdays, uh, with a partnership, I believe, with Daily Faceoff on the Nation Network. Uh, daily Leaf show at 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, uh, just uh, mostly Leaf-centric, uh, breaking down that team, uh, just like everybody else uh, on the planet does pretty much uh, breaking down every angle of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs and also your betting interest, which clearly you don't mind throwing down a few bucks on various sports. So talk about both of those things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, just kind of came across my plate with Frank Saravelli there with uh, the daily face off and the rundown, all the shows he does. And, you know, I knew him from my time in, in Philadelphia and, um, you know, he was a reporter there and, you know, that was getting to be close to 10 years ago, you know, and he'd sit down and we'd have a bullshit after practice or whatever. And, you know, he was always a personable guy and we'd just catch up and he just seemed reeling down to earth. So, uh, you know, a mutual friend, Luke Shanu, who plays on Vancouver, I keep in good touch with him. And he was talking to Frank as they were known each other from uh, Philadelphia as well. And Frank said, oh, I want to get another guy into media here. You know, what, uh, do you have anyone in mind, someone that could, you know, be interested in that, had the time and the, the experience. And Luke just threw my name out there and, put me and Frank in touch. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. Uh, you know, two weeks later, we were like starting the show. So didn't, uh, didn't have a lot of time to think about it, but, um, right away when it came across my plate, I thought, yeah, this is definitely something I want to do. It's, uh, it's fun for me to get involved. And I, I honestly really like covering the Leafs too, because, um, you know, that market is so interesting. There's so much going on. There's so much frustration with their, their fan base in the last, you know, however long, how far back do you want to go? But um, to cover them and to have the experience that I had there and to understand kind of how things work uh, really fit well. And, you know, they threw Nick Alberga in there to, to host the show. And, 
he's been doing media in different genres for you know 10 12 years and you can tell he's polished and, and he's holding my hand through a lot of it on how it all works and setting everything up and all i really got to do is show up and and give my opinion which is totally awesome and it, and it gives me a reason to to follow hockey a lot closer and and to to you know have that uh have that energy put into the game again which i hadn't had in quite a while as i was focusing on other things after hockey but nice to get thrown back into it and and yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, it's called Leafs Morning Take, and you know it's on YouTube and in Spotify and every anywhere you get a podcast from on your phones and whatnot. But uh, yeah, sounds we're like 11. the same shit I say every day. Watch on YouTube, Spotify, yeah. Smash that like button and subscribe and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, I let yeah, Nick yeah. handle that. He, he's an old. Get used to so. saying that shtick over and over, my friend. Welcome yeah. to my world. Now. Yeah. That's the way it is. Yeah. Well, and I just got on Twitter too, so it's like. No, I just culture shock. Yeah. Oh God, it's crazy, man. It's hilarious. But uh oh at, at the beginning I found myself like scared to tweet anything because then it's out there. So you press send and you're like, oof, what are people gonna think about that? And then, you know, like last night, um, you know, I'm half a bottle of wine deep and I'm just railing tweets out there and seeing what people say. But uh it uh it would have been interesting if I had gotten on that like when I played in Toronto right off the bat and actually you know, I've been used to it, but I, I made a point of not touching Twitter my whole life. And, and this is the only reason I got on it was, uh, was cause I'm going to do this job now and get involved in the media. And it's such a great tool for, for getting news and staying current. So, uh, I, I dove right into, into, you know, Maple Leafs Twitter, which is an especially interesting place. So it's been a lot of fun so far. I'm appreciating it. For cesspool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to knock them all down. There is some good stuff. It's just hilarious how, you know, if, if you do anything, if you're following it that closely, if you have passion and, and you're living and dying by it and it goes back, you know, generations of like, of just, just passion for a certain anything and you put time into it, you're going to follow that thing with a fine tooth comb and pick anything you can about it that, that pisses you off. And you just kind of almost expect perfection because that's when you're happiest is when they're perfect. And that rarely happens in sports. And because of all of that pressure, it makes it even harder for that damn team to win. And then you get what you have in Toronto and it, and it is what it is. And it's like that way because it's so special and it's such a great market. And it's also that way because it can be a cesspool and it can be, you know, a nightmare for guys to play there sometimes. So like I said, I like covering them because there's so much interesting stuff to, to say and I can relate to it from my time there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so check that out, Jay's show. Uh, and of course, uh, Help uh, betting wise, uh, how's how's it been going for you with the uh, betting board? I know you're a big football uh, better as well. Not, what like is there a sport you're bet you you found that you're more that you're better at? You 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 think it comes easier for you trying to pick games in certain sports? Like I know there's someone I know the uh, Kyle Bond was with us Saturday, yep. played pro hockey for years. He says I played the game. You'd think hockey would be my best sport from a betting standpoint. It's not. It's probably my worst sport. I do a yeah. lot better at football. So how's it like for you? Interesting. Yeah. Like football's not my best. Um, I haven't been following football my whole life. It's been the last, you know, three years that I've really kind of gotten into it. And then you start to pay attention and you're following the teams and you understand like who's rebuilding and who's got a chance this year and who's making moves and who's making waves. And you kind of can see, um, you know, the standings pile up and who's been disappointing and all those different things. I'm starting to learn that where other guys that I, I hang out with have been doing that for 20 years and they're, they're very, very um savvy to it so i just kind of try to get a feel for the game and my thing is i like live betting because um you know especially hockey i just get a sense of of what's going on and those little things that maybe the algorithms in vegas or whatever don't pick up on like uh 
like just bump up shifts and and whether you know I love it when I have a team that I I think is dominating and they've got the momentum and they started well and their goalie's doing well and the other team's just kind of gotten lucky by you know you catch a couple posts or you miss a net or whatever and then all of a sudden the other team just bangs one in and it's one nothing and the line just changes quite drastically and if I have a good feeling for what that game's doing I'll hammer it and and you know take that plus money and then you know with the hopes that the game goes the way you think it should, even though that that team that you believe is strongest just went down. So probably just absolute amateur hour takes as far as you guys are concerned. Because man, Ian, I look at your email, man. If sometimes I just go, I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna sprinkle every single bet that Ian has today on hockey, for example, and it takes me like a half an hour to put the goddamn picks in. <laughs> And I'm like, this guy does this for every it takes me an hour to put the email together. So, oh my god, man, <laughs> the, you guys go so hard. It's so impressive because to I I've done like masters pools and done like I'm just brand new to fantasy and football right now. But I've done some stuff where you want to put the time in and try to try to get the edge and learn some shit. And it is freaking exhausting. It takes a long time just on one specific player. And you've just got hundreds of them flying all over the place. And then weeks in, you look at your your record, and I'm like, how does he like you just do a great job at it? And uh, you know, I have I've been doing just fine taking your bets and stuff. But to be honest, one of the biggest things is you're trying to get to hockey and make a practice plan for your kid, and then you're gonna cook supper, you wanna spend some time. I my biggest problem is oh, I can't get every bet that Ian put in today. I'll I'll just do these ones and the only time I don't do well is when I go off on my own. So I got some learning to do, man. That's okay. It's, 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 I'm, I'm learning every day. I've been at this job and Alex has been at this yeah. job for over a decade. We've been doing this full time and I'm still learning. I have to learn. We have to keep learning. We have to keep evolving because the betting markets are evolving. They're always changing. Well, what was that like for you guys 10 years ago when, you know, it's so, such a smaller market as far as where you can bet and what's legal and what apps and sites and everything are going on? What was that like for you guys? You just do it on online basically and follow the Vegas lines and stuff? Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, for hockey, in my opinion, it was a lot easier because yeah. there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, competition. You know, the lines were were pretty stale. And, you know, we always talked about how hockey is a great sport to bet because everyone's focused on football right now. Everyone's focused right now, you know, World Series is starting, NBA's in full swing, college basketball's on the horizon. Hockey always kind of gets left in, the, in the, the background as far as sports betting goes. So there was always value in lines and numbers because the bookmakers just weren't paying that much attention to it. Always just, let's just make sure there's a number up there on the board so somebody can bet on it. But, you know, yeah. as far as movement now, we're, now we're seeing totals you know, five and a half moving to six, six and a half moving to seven. You didn't have that 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, yeah, betting online or, you know, even, you know, depending on where you are in, in North America, in certain states, you know, you have a local guy that you talk to, you know, somewhere and, and, and you know, throw some, a few bucks down that way. So it was right. it, the the options were limited, limited but yeah. there was a lot more value back then than there is now. We didn't have to kind of go through everything with a fine tooth comb as much as we we chose to do that. Then. Now we have to do it. We, yeah. we have to be on our P's and Q's because there's so many options available and there's so many other betters. And so now, uh, you know, the books are, are, are taking more notice. Of. Yeah, I can see that. I, it seems like, you know, the the rock solid plays where you feel like you snuck one by on Vegas are, are few and far between. I've I've hardly ever seen them. And uh, a lot of times it's frustrating. You're live betting and, you know, you're watching a drive in football, for example, and and you think you got a you know a vibe on what's going to happen and you can't even get your bed in because the lines are changing so bloody much that you're like you know half the time 
you know, the window to actually make a bet is only this big because they only give you that because they don't want you to jump in on something, you know, before they see it or something, it seems like. And it's it's really hard to take advantage, but um, you know, they just they seem to be so damn good at it. If you're not doing your your due diligence like you guys are, you're you're kind of left left to the wind, I think. Well, it doesn't help either that the live TV feed is usually this t- five, 10 seconds, some cases 30 seconds behind the actual game taking right. place live uh, when you're in the stadium. And the betting app is actually telling me what's happening before I see the damn touchdown on the television. That so also plays a part in it for live betting. What about well, what about Vegas? Are they live or are they behind? Like, are they at the mercy of the TVs or or not? They usually, I mean, if you go to a book in Vegas and they have live wagering, those are, those feeds are going to be as close to yeah. it as possible. Now, yeah. obviously, being West Coast, something on the East Coast, they might be two or three seconds off. But when we do like our betcast tonight or or anytime, we could have six people watching the same game, and we're at different parts of, of North America different parts of the world for that example we got Vito. uh you know he he might be ahead of us by 15 seconds in latvia while wow. all of us are, are of 20 you know 10 to 20 seconds apart just being you know me in minnesota to ian and hamilton so uh you know that that has that's the thing that a lot of the streaming platforms are trying to work on that uh the super bowl was a really bad one where like it was a 40 second gap for certain providers so Ooh. they're trying to work on that because they understand that you know there are people that are have money on these things it's time and, sensitive and, and yeah. it's time sensitive so they're, they're trying to work to the best of their abilities obviously technology you can only do so much to get everything right to the second but yeah. uh but hopefully they can work on getting those closer especially like i said with just games during the regular season not just the, the bigger events yeah yeah makes no question all right we got we're going to show some uh jay rose hill highlight reel uh, in just a minute, and then we'll get to the games for tonight. But before we do that, I know you're from Olds, Alberta. I believe you're are you still living in Alberta currently. I'm pretty sure you are, right? Yeah, you bet. And favorite team? I know you cover the Leafs, so obviously now you've got a little bit. You're you want to see them do well now that you're covering them. But your favorite team, I know, is not the isn't it the Calgary Flames? It was growing up. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's probably my favorite team. You know, post playing for the Maple Leafs, um, like post retirement, um. I just have an affinity for the Maple Leafs, just being in that city and knowing what it is and what it can do and, and what that organization means there. I have an affinity for it and, and like to kind of follow it. Um, and because of that, my son, I think, uh, took to it. You know, he's nine right now. And this in the last, I would say last year, he really got on on the hockey train and all of a sudden was like loving the Leafs and asking like what the score was and is there a game on and just really, you know, on all on his own accord, you know, I invested himself in that and, and following it. So we've been following it the last year or so. Um, but the Flames were my favorite team growing up. You know, Theron Fleury was my favorite player. Uh, first NHL game I ever saw was in the Saddle Dome and Theron Fleury had his his hair slicked back and no helmet on in warm up. And I'd never been to a game. I didn't know that was possible. And I just thought it was, I'm like, look how bloody cool he looks with no helmet on, just wheeling around in the NHL with that Flames jersey on. Um, and then, you know, kind of fell in love from from then on. But, you know, if uh, if the Flames were to play the Leafs, um, just because I take so much heat from guys around here that I grew up with for following the Leafs and for being involved in the Leafs because they're all diehard, either Oilers or Flames fans, I'd probably be cheering for the Leafs just so, you know, I'm not going to hear it for the next week or so uh, losing to one of those teams. But definitely Flames over the Oilers in in my part of the woods for the most part. There you go, Flames fan. My pick to win the Western Conference this year, go. by the way, the Calgary Flames. And I've been I've been backing that team quite a bit 
here in the early uh, season and uh, been uh, rewarded for it a lot of the time. And we're yeah, going to be rewarded good. as viewers of the show, hopefully right now. We're going to see some of Jay Rosehill's handiwork from his hockey oh. playing past. And the one thing I like about the fights that Jay was often in, there's none of this clutching and grabbing and wrestling around and hugging and doing a little tango or just dance like we're dancing on the ice. No. He wasn't screwing around, fucking around, or wasting any time. He was throwing haymakers. He's throwing bombs much of the time. And I found his fights were action-packed. There was no standing around. There was no wasting time. It was get after it. And that's get after it time when Jay Rosehill was uh, doing the uh, dance and dropping the gloves on the ice. And we've got a couple of beauty tilts from Jay uh, Rosehill's past that we're going to show you. This one was when he was, first one that we're going to do is when he was with the uh, Toronto uh, Maple Leafs. Uh, he fought uh, someone that's actually also, Jay, uh, in media right now, uh, the uh, color analyst of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Jody Shelley. Oh, yeah. Uh, talk about a terrific uh, heavyweight he was. Let's enjoy this one. This was a dandy. Then we'll shuttle it into the Philadelphia zone. Voice after he is hammered Jim Jackson and Jonesy, Keith Jones, by the way. Oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, he buries Daryl Boyd from behind, and his nose was on the other side of his face after that. And with right Ebian right behind him, how do you not? I'm trying to get loose here. And that. Look at this. Look at this. As they trade rights, and Rosehill's taking some tough ones there. Now Rosehill tries to come back. <laughs> nice little <laughs> jersey jabs right there. Yeah. The roundhouse rights. The guy caught on there. He's bleeding on the ice There's now. On the scene. See, now you're getting tired. And yet oh, you're yeah. Still swinging. Still swinging. I thought about going back to lefts here right well, now, but we're too damn tired. Punch themselves out. And they're just about there, but they're still throwing. One more, and that's probably it. You know how tiring this is? Wow. Oh, oh man, look at that. <laughs> I'd like to tell you I know, but I never fought that long. <laughs> look how tired Kelly is. You're just sucking dirty pond water. Oh, yeah. Water. Oh, yeah. What a fight. <laughs> look how mad he looks. The fans here in Philadelphia, they enjoy that kind of stuff. They're looking oh, for a little energy. That's one of those scraps where you want every, all five it. minutes of that time to sit in the box and rest, for sure, I yeah. bet. Right? Oh, <laughs> honestly, like... There's nothing like the end of, of being in a fight like that where you unload the tank and you are exhausted because I, I've said it before and, and that there's nothing in life that I've experienced. You know, I've gone skydiving and flipped off of cliffs or something like that and gone fast in cars and shit. And it's, yeah, you, you try to you get your rushes here and there. But when when you're that bloody exhausted, but your adrenaline is absolutely through the roof, it's like two polar opposite of things. And like your insides are doing one thing, but your actual body is doing the completely other. And 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 then throw twenty thousand people in the mix screaming, throw being super excited to be in the arena that you're in, and your your teammates and everyone's going nuts. And you you either go to the the dressing room and sit down kind of by yourself with just a trainer there that's bringing you all your shit and asking if you need ice bags and stuff, or else you go to the penalty box and sit there and and just try to get your breath and listen to the crowd, you know. And it's it's honestly like nothing else that I've that I've seen. I. I I can't imagine, you know, except for maybe, you know, being a boxer, an MMA fighter or something like that. But it's just, it's such a weird, uh, you know, unique thing to sports is the fights in hockey. Uh, like you're being over in the UK and you go to Europe and people are like, what is with you guys where you just stop the game and you bare knuckle fight and the refs just watch and then you just sit down and then you're back to being good. Like, and it's not even in the news or anything. They're blown away by it. And 
I think that's what drew it to me is it's so unique and so so interesting and it's just it's like nothing else in the world so you know you getting in something like that is is quite interesting i actually miss that part of it is feeling that rush um because that doesn't happen anymore <laughs> too often it's hard to replicate but uh yeah getting in those is is something else it's funny to watch i don't usually go back and watch my own fights much i just kind of get all worked up and heavy chested and whatnot <laughs> so it's funny to go back and say oh i remember that i remember that it's a memory lane and uh, the adrenaline rush, I'm sure. And especially a fight like that, it's got to be through the roof. I mean, yeah, after just definitely. getting in an absolute Donnybrook of a scrap like that with yeah. someone like uh, Jody Shelley, we've got two more. We got one more NHL fight and then one from the UK with Brian McGratton as well. Okay. That we'll show you. But this one, this one is just, these two guys just decided here, we're just going to throw as many bombs as we can and just go nuts for like 30 seconds and see who's left standing. Francis Lassard against uh, oh. Jay Rosehill from 2011. Let's roll it. Scouted and played for the great Bob Cole. Bob Cole, that's my favorite part. Oh, I don't like the view on there because you... Oh. <laughs> Hill and Lassard. These are heavyweights, both throwing the lefts, as you can see. Nobody wants to give it up. They're locked pretty tightly. Oh, that guy is a mutant. Is that something or what? Yeah. We're just throwing bombs. It's just we're gonna throw <laughs> and we're gonna keep going until someone's knocked out or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because like I'm I'm not left-handed, but I always threw left-handed punches like in the McGratton fights you know everyone just strings McGratton out and is doing this thing and is doing this thing and no one can land a punch no one can get through um you know the initial excitement of the fight wears off when you know the, there's only one punch thrown every five seconds and it's not even close to landing and then all of a sudden the crowd kind of eh, like it, it, it the life gets sucked out of it early with that style of fighting so you know and everyone did that to Brian because he's he's so tough and he's so big and he just lays in there and chucks and chucks so hard with those cinder block hands so you know i thought well i'm not gonna have a shitty fight and just like hide from this guy and then fall down and get booed so i'll just go to my left hand and then it, it, it sucks though because i'm giving him inches and you know tons of weight to to him already and then i got to throw yeah. my weak hand against his big boy hand like it's tough, but it's the only way I felt like I could get like a really good fight that was entertaining and that juiced the boys and like you do it for a reason and I can't stand, you know, doing the string out thing. So I'd try and do that. But then with Frankie there in that fight, he was a lefty. So I was going righties against it, but he, he would throw so hard and fast that it's even hard to keep up to with your good hand there. But uh, it's always funny and the fights you watch and it's made in stone once it's done, but you could fight the same guy the next day and have a completely different outcome win, lose or draw either way. So it's always interesting to watch, but you know, people will watch one fight against someone and say, Oh, he's, he's better. And it's like, that was one, that was one tilt, man. It's like a, it's like a game. You could play the same team 10 times. You're going to have a different winner every time potentially. Right. So yep. yeah, but the, McGratton one, I imagine. Yeah, I think that one is. Is that the one it in? Is. Uh, Tries it to is. play it by the way. Yeah, exactly. kind of oh, yeah, in the, the UK. Here we go, McGratton versus Rosehill. After the turn, I've just served a two minute penalty. Each the Halloween jerseys. <laughs> Two guys that were in the NHL previously in many scraps, and they met Hunter each other in over across the pond later in their hockey career. The he ducks at the right time. He's got Rosehill in virtually a headlock now. What I don't like is him trying to throw down and then try. He's trying to do that. 
And then at the end, we're kind of done. All right, no one's going down. And then he throws more. Like here, it's over. Everyone would normally let go. And he's still throwing. Yeah. Yeah, you're pissed off there. You yeah, I wasn't happy, man. He wouldn't let go of my jersey either. Yeah. Not a happy guy, yeah. <laughs> you think Rosie's a little pissed there, can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> and as I was gonna say, you know, with, with having the like I said, the with the even the change of fighting style where like I said, you know, guys aren't just throwing left and right, they're they're using the body more and, and kind of you know using that leverage and, and that balance. Did you do any kind of like any kind of martial arts or, or, or training different from your standard hockey training to kind of work on your balance and, and, and almost kind of, cause you, you're, I mean, that's basically like almost near a wrestling style takedown. And he's got to kind of got you in that headlock and to try to position yourself and, and, and get your hands free. Did you ever do any kind of special training outside of that? Yeah, no, zero. Um, I never did anything. I, I just, it's just weird culturally at the time. It's like, you're not a fighter. You just get in fights because you kind of have to at times and you kind of assume everyone's like the last one you'll have to do. And then, oh, you want to do it? Okay, well, I'll show up. And it's like, you don't really prepare for it. And to like go into the gym and start doing like fighting technique shit to me was just too weird. And I heard a guy's doing it and saw guys doing it. And I was just like, well, as long as I'm in shape and I can breathe well and my lungs are there and, you know, I'm strong enough, then I'll just fight and that's just and whatever happens happens but as far as getting all technical about it, I mean that it's crazy to think why wouldn't you take every advantage you could to like train for it and and you know focus on it you know you're in a bare knuckle fight wouldn't you give yourself the advantage if you could uh, but it's just the mentality of it is like no I, I'll train for hockey and if I get in a fight I get in a fight and it's kind of cool that way because it was you know you learn by trial and error and you go through some things and you learn the hard way and someone tags you and you, you watch the video, you realize why, and you, you try to, you know, negate that mistake next time. But, uh, yeah. yeah. It's just, I think you just, you try to be good on your edges. I pr prided myself on hardly ever going down, never falling on my back or like ending the fight by slipping out or having anyone throw me down or whatever. I, I kind of like to, to get on those edges and you can plant your body and it's all about your center of gravity, where they are over top of your skates. And, you know, you can, uh, you can really plant your edge and have a lot of, a lot of structure under you if, if you know what you're doing. And, you know, that's what you kind of got to do when you got those big guys trying to chuck you around. So yeah, it just all comes with experience, I think. And I had plenty of screw ups and was far from, from, from an expert at it, but, uh, you just go in there and do the best you can. Right. Yeah, exactly. A uh, great, great, uh, great seeing those fights i mean that's yeah. i want to see more of that uh, these days that's why i was yeah. so happy to nice. see mcdermott fight uh, oleksiak last week and called that fight too on the show i said yep. watch now with mcdermott in the in the game mm -hmm. seattle colorado uh filling in for devon taves who was injured watch him fight oleksiak and it, you it, said it that yeah uh, it was a f amazing to see that the that that exact fight that exact matchup uh happened but uh great to uh take a little trip down memory lane with jay there and the uh, highlight reel we did that with a lot of our guests previously when they're on for the first time but it's time to get down to business and it's time to break down the tuesday nhl card we've got 10 games we've got a bunch of people in the chat they're a bunch of betters they're a bunch of degenerates here just saying where's the games where's the games we're like hold your fucking horses okay we're, we're getting to the games right now we're gonna get to the games right now so we've got you covered don't get me wrong and here we go we'll start it off a great tuesday card our bet cast is tonight. Make sure you remember that 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, if you want to join us on the live bet cast tonight, DM me on Twitter at Bobano, Alex B. Smith at AX Smith Sports, and we'll make sure we send you the link for the bet cast tonight. 
and you can join us live on the stream. Uh, let's start with Arizona and Columbus. We've got the uh, Jackets minus 210 home favorites here, six and a half the total in this game. You know, I'm going to keep it simple. We've got two teams that are trending over the total, two defenses we really don't trust right now. You look at this Arizona Coyotes team, this one and four start that they've had. They lose 6-2 to Ottawa. They lose 6-2 to Montreal, 6-3 to Boston. They've given up six goals in every game except the Toronto Maple Leafs, their only win this season, the Arizona Coyotes. Corralva Melka looks like Bernie Perrant, Ken Dryden in his prime against Toronto. Sucks ass, apparently, and against every other team. Uh, this year uh, in net for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So, but he struggled. He's got a 4.77 goals against average uh, for mm -hmm. the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we don't know if he's going to start, but I'd assume it's going to be him. Uh, Danil Tarasov is going to get a second straight start in net for the Jackets. He actually played pretty well uh, against the New York Rangers on Sunday in that upset victory. I'll give him credit for that. And um, uh, Brad Larson, the head coach, obviously saying, you know what? He played well, had a nice game against a very good team. Let's give him another opportunity. But I think we're going to see goals in this one. All but one Columbus game has gone over the total. Uh, actually, two have stayed under. But uh, five of the last six Columbus games have gone over the total. Every Arizona game but that aforementioned Toronto game uh, have gone over the total uh, this season. So I like over six and a half here uh, in this game. As far as props go, like you've got two below average defenses. They both had trouble keeping the puck out of their own net. So I think you could go with a... Look, uh, Nick Ritchie, like with so many former Leafs, he leaves Toronto, he becomes good. And, and all of a sudden, mm -hmm. you're sitting here in Arizona, he's producing a little bit uh, offensively for them. So Nick Ritchie props could be something you look at. Columbus, you could go in a bunch of different directions. Shinnikov is starting to heat up for them offensively. I think Kent Johnson, who has finally got his first goal, he's going to be a real player for the Blue Jackets. He's got a great release, shoots the puck well sees the ice well, he's going to make an impact offensively for this Jackets team. So if, if you like props tonight, I think Kent Johnson for Columbus, worth a look here tonight as well, either a, to score a goal, which you can get at plus 375. And you know, Jay, when it comes to these props, I'm a bargain bin guy. I don't yeah. always love taking the plus 110 to score a goal, plus 150 with a McDavid or Matthews or some of the high-priced talent and some of the best players. I look for the bargain bin. I want a little bang for my buck when I'm yeah. going to bet some of these goal score props. So we look down the list. We hit Shane Pinto last night for the Ottawa Senators at plus 375 uh, to score a goal last night. That's the kind of price I'm looking for. And you yeah. can get that with Kent Johnson tonight as an example for Columbus. So I like this game to go over uh, six and a half uh, in this one. Nothing on the side for me. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Arizona, Columbus. Yeah, I'm right there with you on the total. I'm going to double up. I'm going to go over two in the first period at even money and go over six and a half minus a dollar 20 for the full game. This should be uh, a fun one to watch back and forth. We saw this from the, these two teams last year as well. Just, uh, you know, they kind of threw caution to the wind defensively, just went went up and down offensively, uh, scoring goals. And like I said, Arizona's, I mean, Vamelka, he's a talented goalie. He, he has flashes of brilliance, but he's just with a really bad team and has a really bad de uh, defensive group in front of him. So, you know, he, he's going to be, you know, uh, worn down at some point. You face 40, 45 shots night in, night out. Even if you come out with some wins, you're still going to be fatigued. And when you do lose, chances are those losses are going to be massive and you're going to give up uh, you know, quite a few goals. So I like the over. And for a player prop, you know, you talk about the bargain bin guys looking for those those plus 300, plus 400. But when you look with the upper echelon players, I like to look for spots where they could possibly get points in bunches. And I like Johnny Gaudreau over one and a half points 
at plus 150. I think he, we could, he could get a goal, a couple of goals, and add an assist in there. I think he can have a big night uh, overall, not just getting the, the, the one goal. So I'm uh, going to go Gaudreau over one and a half points at plus 150 uh, for one player prop, along with that first period over two and full game over six and a half. Yeah, we had 19 goals in the two games last year between Arizona and Columbus, an 8-2 game and a 5-4 game. Uh, so you can see why uh, both of us like an uh, over the total here in this game. And a good value on Goudreau. Like I say, I'd rather have the big guns over one and a half points, get a plus price, instead of lay a big number, minus 175, for them just to get one point. I want that value. I want that plus number, that plus price when I'm looking at player props. Jay, what do you like in here? Coyotes, Jackets. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying there. It's nice to get that plus money. It feels like when, like you say, you're minus 175 for a guy and, you know, you hit them and, you know, they're, they're not scoring every single night to get that kind of value for it. So, you know, if you miss, you miss. And, it, and if you hit it kind of, you know, at that price, you kind of like, well, yeah, I, it's not. It, it's nice to get those those sleepers in and those plus 375s and stuff. I know they don't come around all the time and they're like that for a reason. But like you had the other day on, on uh, Nicky Robertson there, you know, I think that's some place where in hockey you can still feel like you can slip one by Vegas. Like they think, oh, this guy just got called up in the American League. He's only got 15 games played. Or you look at this guy, okay, well, he's he's this type of player. Oh, but do they really take into effect that he's most likely going to play with so-and-so this uh, tonight, this game? So jumping on those things where you kind of feel like you maybe did a little bit more research than than the the odds makers is nice. And I like the over money too, like you say, not not very defensive teams, no goalies standing on their heads and guys that kind of throw caution to the wind with these two teams and staying away from from the lines because, you know, when the Arizona Coyotes come to town, like you say, every win they get is an upset win, it seems like at this point. And you never know who's going to show up to play them and you never know how the game's going to go. But I, I like where you guys are thinking on it. Yeah, and you make a, a great point, Jay. You know, the bookmakers, we give them credit for, like I said, adjusting to just the numbers and totals that are up uh, in the basic board nowadays. But they certainly aren't paying attention to line changes and line moves and seeing guys going up from a third line position to in a top six role or, or being added to a, to a power play unit. Uh, and so that's where the, the kind of value is definitely found within uh, some of these player props. Yeah, and as much as Alex and I were uh, uh, basically – given compliments to odds makers for being tougher in the or better in the NHL. They they laid an egg with that Nick Robertson prop that Absolutely. first night against Dallas. You can't have a top six forward that killed it in the preseason who's going to play with good players, Nylander and Tavares, on a second line. He'll get power play minutes. He'll get a lot of ice time. You can't put him plus 550 to score a goal. That can't fucking happen. All right, yeah. that was a bad price. It was a bad number. And ever since then, we've seen him more in that plus 350 range. That's a lot better where it should be. I could say I could even make a case for it being higher than that, but plus yeah. five fifty shouldn't have happened. Yeah. And there were, there were definitely, I'll say, there's definitely some people that got yelled at in some offices for posting that number. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. sure some odds makers, you know, <laughs> just feeling the uh, walk of shame to the saying, "What the hell? You put that kind of number out there?" Because there's a lot of people that bet that, and Jay and myself included, because Jay's trying to open up his Bet three six five account, trying to get his ID verified, trying to get his utility bill oh. or his bank statement shown so that they can verify who the fuck he is just to bet that prop that night. Nick Robertson at plus 550. Piece of shit. Bodog doesn't even have it listed. So I'm like, well, this is a good time to do it. They're talking about some kind of uh, rewards program or something. If I'm just like, just get my money in the fucking account so I can hit Nick Robertson right now. Cause I agree. I'm like, they don't know how big of a stud this guy is. They don't know that he's playing with the two hottest players on the Maple Leafs and they don't know how much piss and vinegar he's going to have in his, in his veins tonight after not being able to show himself and opening that roster, even though he deserved it. And then I'm like, get my money on this. And the only way I could do that is to, I think I gave myself 
myself like a 20 minutes before puck drop to get her in there. And then I finally get her all done, all verified, all good. And I go click my bed and it's going thunk, thunk. There's something wrong with the 365 app. So I'm texting Ian like crazy going, this thing's fucked. And finally he goes, just log out. And I, I just basically blew on the Nintendo cartridge and hit reset. And, and then I got my bed in on like the last minute. And then I, and then he tickles and I was just yelling at the roof. It was awesome. Like I usually, uh, I usually don't have the, I don't, don't put enough work into, to hit those big number insider, but that's where I'm really focusing on a game. Like I do the Leafs, uh, the Leafs game. So I love paying attention to those things and, and hitting them when you can. It's obviously why you guys are so into this. Like you really literally got the damn bet placed like one minute before puck drop. Literally, it had been just another minute or two. They would have taken the props down off the board. Game started right. already, and, and I knew, I knew if that happened, he was going to score for sure. Yeah, yes, right. Of course, yep, that's, that's how, that's how that works. Yeah. yeah, that's the way it always works. But we avoided disaster, and just in the nick of time, uh, Jay was able to get that uh, Nick Robertson plus five fifty last uh, week when they played the uh, Dallas Stars, which is a great segue. I, I know I'm the king of segues on this show, but I honestly did not plan it that way. The Dallas Stars, here we are talking about them now taking on the Boston Bruins. Boston minus 150 home favorites, six the total in this game. I got to give the Bruins a shit ton of credit here. I mean, five and one start with everybody that's been out, right? Marchand, yeah. uh, they've been without Charlie McAvoy, one of their best, their best defensemen, not one of, I think he is their best defenseman. This year, they had uh, obviously Matt Grizzlick missed the first few games, although he's been back for a few games. And now they're going to get another defenseman that's missed some time. Brandon Carlo, it looks like back uh, on the ice for the Bruins today. And yet they've had all these key players out and they've managed to win five of their first six games. So give Jim Montgomery credit, you know, as the new head coach, he's fought back to get back behind an NHL bench. He had the alcohol problems, of course, which is why uh, he ended up uh, losing his uh, position with the Dallas Stars. And now he's facing his former team. Now, uh, so I always like that angle, you know, sometimes when you're facing uh, your old team. It didn't work for Rick Bonus and the Jets last week when they played the uh, Dallas Stars. But here's another former Dallas Stars head coach uh, playing his old team here in this one. It's definitely a situational advantage for Boston. They're rested uh, for this game. Dallas enters in on a second night of back-to-back games on the road after a uh, loss to the uh, Ottawa Senators uh, last night, although they had Wedgwood in net, it looks like tonight. You would think on this uh, back-to-back, Ottinger will be back, and yes, he is. But Linus Allmark, the goalie tonight for Boston, is 4-0 this year as a starter. He's played extremely well uh, to the point where you know Jim Montgomery says, I want to get Jeremy Swayman uh, in at one point, but I can't right now because of how well uh, Linus Allmark uh, has played in net for the uh, Boston Bruins. So this ends up being a tricky game for me, uh, both sidewise and totals-wise. I mean, Boston, I've taken a couple shots against them. It hasn't worked out. Uh, The Minnesota game, you know, they lost in over, uh, they won in overtime 4-3 in that game. I took a shot with Minnesota, did have the over at split. I'm not in a rush to go against Boston right now. They're they're finding ways to win, and and you got to give them a ton of credit. The last two games have gone beyond regulation. Makes me think if Alex B. Smith, our draw guru, might be looking at that here tonight. Dallas-Boston draw at a plus 330 type of price for this game to go to overtime. Am I on the right path there, Alex, with that? Mm. 
You most certainly are. That's exactly what I'm looking yeah. at here. This is, is going to be this is going to be a good you know goaltender what? battle for sure. I mean, Omar, you know, like I said, Jake Ottinger, I have him ranked as one of the top five goalies in the world right now. When he's on his game. He is just absolutely electric. But Linus Olmark, for what it's worth, he's played very well. He's come in waves throughout his career. Of course, he was in Buffalo when they were pretty bad. But he made the most out of a bad situation, and they put up good numbers. That's why he's got this contract he's got with Boston now. And, and he's been a really good 1A, 1B option for the Bruins. Uh, and I think he's kind of relishing in that role. So like I said, you know, hopefully Montgomery realizes that his strength is being put in every couple of games. Don't ride this guy five or six games and, and then drive him into the ground. I think go on and, and give him the start, maybe give him one more start, and then put Swayman in. Keep that balance going. I think that's going to be the key for Boston moving forward because this is a Boston team I was kind of low on this, you know, this year. I thought the injuries were mounting. It seemed like they were kind of getting a little bit older and slower. They've proven that's not the case. They've still got some fight left in them. But to, to keep the goaltending situation at, at tip-top level, you want to alternate those guys as much as you can. So I think it will be a, a good game from, from a, a goaltending perspective. And like I said, the Montgomery angle as well. I think Boston's going to be fired up. So I kind of lean with Boston first period puck line as well. Uh, it's not going to make my official card, but that, that's a way I'm kind of looking. I can see Boston definitely getting on the board first, uh, getting a little a little jazzed up. But I think this is going to be a, a back-and-forth battle. Don't want anything to do with the total here at six. This could easily be a 2-2 game or a 3-3 game. But either way, I'm going to go on and play the regulation draw plus 330. Plus 330 for this game to go to overtime. Go. Good price with that. As far as props go, for Dallas, I'd throw a little on uh, Joe Pavelski. I mean, they've talked about how he's drinking from the fountain of youth right now. It's just an incredible job he's doing. He had a hat trick the other night. Uh, you can't go wrong with Mason Marchment. Uh, this guy has been terrific, uh, you know, going back to Florida. Wyatt Johnston's your bargain bin option for Dallas, too. He's got two goals. He's, you know, right up from junior, and he's made the big club. And he's warranted it. Wyatt Johnston's been very good for the uh, Stars early in the year. For the Bruins, the two uh, Chechia mates, if you will, uh, uh, Posternock and Krejci have been great for the uh, Boston Bruins early on. So not a bad option there for props as well. I don't know if this will go over the total. It's actually with two good goalies. Both of them are 4-0. So one of these goalies is going to lose for the first time this season. I'd actually maybe lean on an under here uh, as far as the total goes. Jay, what are you thinking here, Dallas and Boston? Yeah, that was my thing. I was going to take the under on that. Um, you know, two two teams leading their divisions. They've both had lots of success so far in this uh, this couple of weeks of the season right now. So I think when two when two stud teams come up to each other, they know the background, they know where they're all sitting, and and they know it's a night to to test themselves against you know a worthy opponent. And I think when that happens, a lot of the players kind of have a little bit of a feeling out process. No one wants to open the floodgates and start shooting out the lights because you know against an opponent that you respect a lot and. And you expect um, to see, you know, quality hockey from. You're not going to open yourself up to to getting taken advantage of. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a tighter game, especially with the two goalies that are in there. Um, both are capable of standing on their head. And you know, like you said, Ottinger is one of the best in the world. So I think this could easily be, you know, a three-two game. And like you say, hopefully an overtime um, um, win for one of them. And that's that's where my mind goes when I see the lineup uh, for this card here. Yeah, exactly. And you got goalies with great, great early season numbers, Ottinger and Allmark. Ottinger's got a 1.25 goals against, 9.59 save percentage, 2.23 goals against average, 9.29 save percentage for Allmark. So uh, definitely going to be two goalies in good form coming into this one. Uh, Next up, uh, we got Minnesota, Montreal, Minnesota minus 210, road favorites, 6.5 the total. I ain't laying minus 210 with this team. 
you got to be shitting me. I'm not doing that right now uh, with this group and the way they're playing defense at the moment. They're struggling. They're not closing games. That's just not going to happen here uh, in this game. They're one and four to start the year. Uh, it's been a tough, tough start in the defensive zone. I mean, giveaways left and right, problems defending. They've hung Mark Andre Fleury out to dry, who actually played one hell of a game against Boston. I think it was his best game as a, a, a in net this year for Minnesota in the loss to Boston. He kept them in it. He he got them a point, uh, but Boston got the uh, power play goal and ended up winning in overtime. Uh, it's just a struggle. Their only win was against lowly Vancouver, the Canucks team with zero confidence right now, that team. With the mental uh, psyche and mental uh, confidence of a of a raisin right now, that's Vancouver right now, and that's the only victory the Minnesota Wild have this year. So they've got to show me they can step it up at the defensive end of the uh, ice. Uh, I'm not convinced they can. This is one of those games where I'd lean to the dog here a little bit. Montreal, they finally did lose a home game uh, against Dallas uh, on Saturday, uh, five to two. But prior to that, they had won every home game. They beat the Leafs, of course, on opening night. They beat Pittsburgh uh, in overtime, beat up on Arizona. They played good hockey at home. And this young group, they're going to be, I think, a team that you can back them on at home. They're probably going to struggle on the road. But, you know, I think at home they're going to be capable. And uh, this would be a game where I'd lean a little to Montreal uh, as a dog at uh, plus 180. Uh, the, the team total for Montreal kind of interests me at two and a half, you know, as well. You know, I always make a case for these team totals at two and a half, especially when we see the Canadians have had ability to score goals on home ice, you know, and in every game except the last game against Dallas, they have been able to score at least three goals in their home games. And that's all they need uh, in terms of Montreal uh, over that team total. So I'm kind of interested in that in those two plays, the full game overs kind of uh, a lean for me as well uh, in this game, because, again, with Minnesota trending over the total. Every game for Minnesota, they're 5-0 and to the over this year. 7-3, 7-6, 6-3, 4-3, The scores in their games. Every game, seven-plus goals so far for the Minnesota Wild. So it's 6.5. I think the over's the way I'm going to look in this game. Alex, what do you think here, Wild Canadians? Yeah, I'm looking at Wild team total over 3.5. And, and we talked about this on the show already You know, this year about how when you look at these big favorites, the way to attack them is obviously not going with the side. You can't even get any value with the regulation play. But going over three and a half minus a dollar forty, I think that's a great price for a wild team that has historically owned Montreal, winning thirteen of the last sixteen uh, meetings, and I mean by some big margins too. We're talking four four plus goals in a, in a few of those contests. And when you look at Mark Andre Fleury, as bad of a of a start as he's had pretty much in his entire career. Uh, even in his rookie years in those rough days with Pittsburgh, he didn't look as bad as he's looked in some of these games. But now he's going home to Montreal where he has a stellar record, 24, yeah, 13, true. and 2 yeah. lifetime. You know, they gave him the big ceremony and, and a big ovation when he got his 500 win. Uh, I think this is going to be kind of a cure was what ails him spot for him, getting things rolling in the wild. They know what they need to do. You know, Boston's a better team than, than we thought. And I think they kind of slept on Boston. And they slept, walked in that third period. They tied the game up. They had a chance to win it in regulation. Uh, they let that slip, and, and then Boston buries them in OT. And it took them a million chances on the power play at overtime to even bury them in, in that. It could have easily gone to a shootout. So I think Minnesota kind of refocused, realized, hey, you know, we got to get things on the right track. Obviously, it's been a really rough start. This is the team to, to do it against. So um, looking at the Wild to get the win here, but I'm going to go over team total uh, three and a half minus a dollar forty. 
All right, good stuff. And one prop that stands, Caulfield at home, you can never go wrong trying to take him to score a goal on home ice. Uh, just an incredible release. And I find he's going to score a lot of his goals on home ice this year for Montreal. For Minnesota, let's boldly go where no man has gone before. Matt Boldy uh, for the uh, Minnesota Wild. I mean, he's the one that's uh, really stepped up his game offensively yes, yes. Uh, in the early part of the year. Zuccarello can't go wrong with uh, him as a player prop option to get his goal or a point tonight. But certainly Matt Boldy, in terms of a little bit better bargain with him and that plus even 300s are still out there on Matt Boldy to score a goal tonight for Minnesota. Outstanding value. Uh, what do you think here, Jay? Wild Habs. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, a lot of the things you guys were saying make tons of sense. Um, just with the with the value you're getting on on the lines there, I, I just I, I like Montreal. If they can come out and, and play, you know, they're young and they're exuberant. And they have the ability to do what some teams that just can't get it going have, and that's to just unload the tank with energy and, and intensity and just come in waves. And, you know, they'll be jacked up at home to be doing that. And, you know, as much as Marc-Andre Fleury has, has a good record in the Bell Centre, um, like you said, he hasn't been playing good. And it's also very hard to do, you know, if, if you're not playing good, your confidence is probably low. He's probably sore. He's probably tired. His body's pretty banged up. I can imagine at his age with, with all the hockey he's played to go in there without a lot of, a lot of, uh, without a lot of confidence. I think that the Montreal, uh, Canadians can get one here. And, um, the reason I'm thinking that is leaning that way is that plus plus 180 money and um, you're getting some value for it. And I can see that team if they bring their stuff and, and Mark Andre doesn't do what he has in the past in the bell center and he continues to play the way he has. And I, I could see them getting a win out here tonight. Uh, that does, that, that does worry me. I mean, people say uh, every time someone asks me about a bet I place, they ask me, are you concerned about this? You can, there's a concern every bet I place. All right. Yeah. There's always something that could go wrong with it and something that uh, worries you about it, not cashing. And that would be it for me in this game with the Montreal opinion is that Fleury does have a terrific track record at the Bell Center and he loves playing close to home like that in that building. He seems to play some of his best hockey. He's done that for years, but he's not in the great form now. So that's going to be the big question going and, into tonight. And that's the beauty of obviously having a program like this where we can, you know, go back and forth and, and, and we can have different viewpoints. We can also have similar viewpoints and, and, and all cash at the same spot. You know, like I said, I think the wild will play better, but I'm taking the safer route of going with over three and a half because this could easily be a 5-4 Montreal win, and I still cash my bet and, and the Habs win and, and get the plus money. Or this could be a 4-1 a to one wild win, and I cash. So, so you know, that's the thing. You don't have to kind of – I'm kind of staying on the fence of this game and, and yeah. hoping that I can cash that bet whether Montreal, whether, uh, Minnesota shows up and has a big game or it's a back-and-forth uh, battle and Montreal still ends up winning, but hopefully the Wild get four goals in the, in the process. And we say this all the time with these bigger favorites. Like if you like Minnesota tonight, why the fuck are you laying minus 210 when you can take over three and a half at minus 140? Much yeah. better price, the team total. You know, definitely. I mean, save your bankroll long-term, preserve it. You don't want to be laying these astronomical prices, especially in a sport like hockey, you know, where you can get... And also, too, in this particular matchup and in, in this wild team, you know how they're going to dictate the the pace offensively. You know, so for them to win, they're not going to win that many games two to one, three to one. They just aren't built that way. Even if they get the defense on there, they're still going to, to chip in goals. For them to play their A game, it means they're chipping in goals. So, like you said, that's the 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 thought process. You can have minus two twenty with a team that wants to, you know, play lockstep and shut down defensively. And then you have to kind of, you know, look somewhere else, maybe look at, at the regulations as opposed to the team total. But when you have teams that are good offensively 
night in and night out laying these big numbers, the the the, the much safer option is to go team total. Team total, exactly. And it's something that's a, definitely a premise we have preached on this show for years. We're now in our sixth full season, of course, now uh, of the Ice Guys show. All right, Devils and Red Wings. We've got uh, Detroit min- uh, pretty much even money here, minus 110, six and a half the total. We didn't do a recap of last night because of, you know, we're bringing Jay on. We wanted to do some highlights, talk about Jay's career. Plus, we have 10 games to break down, but I'm still going to get a chance to say what I need to say and get this off my chest now, even with no recap. And thankfully, the Devils are playing again tonight because I can get this off my chest right now. I'm sick of waiting for Mackenzie Blackwood to be this big-time goaltender. I'm sick of it. I am totally sick and tired of it. Uh, I've had enough. Seriously. I mean, I'm waiting for this guy to be good, and I'm still fucking waiting. You know, that's what I'm doing right now with this guy. He just hasn't stepped up for the New Jersey Devils. Now, has he had a good defense in front of him? No. I get it. He is not. But look at that game last night. And I'm pissed because I had New Jersey. You did too, Alex. One nothing. They couldn't have started the game better in right. that game. The 1-1 goal, it's, it woke up a, a Washington team that was asleep early in that game. Totally going through the motions. Just had no energy whatsoever. And the Nick Dowd goal, it goes in. He, cover the damn post. I haven't played a lick of hockey in my life. And even I know cover the post. Cover that short side. You can't have the short side goal beat you in that moment in the game when the devils have started out strong that tied at one, one, and it only got worse from there. The second goal, Garnett Hathaway. I didn't realize we were dealing with Austin Matthews there with hit that, that kind of shot. It's Garnett Hathaway. Who's actually a nice hardworking player drops the gloves, physical gets in on the four check. I like his game, but that goal can't beat you right through, right through Mackenzie Blackwood to make it two to one for Washington. Uh, you know, the third goal, Jesper Bratt, horrible giveaway. What the hell was he doing? cross-ice pass right in his own zone in front of the goaltender and an easy goal for Sheary puts it right on him after a horrible giveaway. I'll give Blackwood a break there. But then the fourth goal, uh, another one where it's an Ovechkin one-timer, but it was short side again. Like, I know he's tough to stop. He's Alex Ovechkin. He's one of the great goal scorers in the history of our sport. But my goodness, it's it's right along the ice. It's It beats him on the short side, the near post. you got to cover that angle if you're Blackwood. And mercifully, mercifully he got pulled finally uh, after giving up the five goals, and it was 5-1, and the, and the New Jersey Devils are basically toast at that point. You know, it's just it's been disappointing uh, what we've seen from him. You know, it's been very frustrating, I'm sure, for the Devils. I remember a beat writer and a reporter on Twitter a couple of years ago, New Jersey Devils, saying – Mackenzie Blackwood, a great prospect in the making, has the chance to be one of the best, maybe the best goalie the New Jersey Devils have had since Marty Brodeur. Marty Brodeur, my foot, all right? <laughs> Marty Brodeur, my ass, all right? That's an, that's an insult to Marty Brodeur that we're putting that guy in the same sentence as him. So stop with that nonsense, all right? He's not right now, Mackenzie Blackwood. Here's Mackenzie Blackwood's career at this point. Horse shit game, horse shit game, mediocre game, good game. Three weeks he's hurt. Comes back, horse shit game, horse shit game, mediocre game, good game, horse shit game. Hurt again for two months. Comes back, good game, mediocre game, mediocre game, good game, horse shit game, horse shit game, out for the season. You know, that's basically what we've seen uh, from Mackenzie Blackwood. Injuries, and then when he does get in there, he's got a 3-5 goals against and an 860 save percentage. Had it. I've had it. You know, I've, I've had it. I really have. And the last thing I will say is you've cost me and your hockey team dearly. And I think it's time it costs you your number one job. I think you got to roll with B-Tech Vanacek now uh, if you're New Jersey. See what he's got. You paid him a lot of money because you, you're worried about Blackwood. So let's see what he's got uh, right now. 
Uh, and I think we'll probably see them in this game. I like the over, honestly, in this game. quite Because Detroit still, I like them scoring goals right now, but they're still a little leaky defensively. I lean to Detroit. I actually, I'm going to take Detroit. I've been team Detroit all season long. Uh, minus 110 in this game. They've got the rest advantage. I know they already beat New Jersey on the road earlier this year, so you could say it's a little revenge spot. But I'm going to still take Detroit here. They're the rested team. And uh, just minus 110 at home against the Devils. I like that. And I have a smaller uh, bet on the over as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Devils and Red Wings. I'm literally scrambling to try to click. I'm getting uh, Red Wings minus $1.05 right now. I like I like this spot here. I was on, uh, you know, this spot before, you know, with New Jersey, like you talked about with uh, Blackwood. Just rolling with him, in, he's just so inconsistent. And, and like I said, the hype was so big on, on him now. And Vanacek, I think he's in the same spot like his old teammate uh, Samsonov in, in Toronto. I think he has a real chance now to not be in that 1A, 1B system. He can steal the show and possibly be a, a, a legitimate starter, and that's what New Jersey might need to, to look at. They might need to ride him. With, with, I talk about some other teams that maybe need to split their time up amongst their goalies, especially early in the year. I think now the time to give Vanacek. Uh, you know, a, a handful of starts. But I think this is a great spot for Detroit here. They've won 14 of the last 19 meetings against the Devils at home. Uh, this is a, a pr- pretty cheap price. Ned's going to be starting, and, and, and Alex Nedeljkovic, uh, I think he needs to have a bit of a bounce back after he's had a couple of sluggish starts. I like to see him uh, possibly post up a win here. I, I like Detroit here at home and uh, a minus a dollar five. All right, like in Detroit as well. What do you think, Jay, here, Devils, Red Wings? Yeah, that's all I got on it, too, is taking Detroit. I think, um, like you've said, with the goaltending and, you know, you rattle off that season, that does not ring bells of Martin Brodeur by any stretch of the imagination. So that guy's underachieving and and being uh, being where he's at in his position, it's, it's not very easy to come, come overcome that. And um, so Detroit, I mean... They just seem better all all the way around, and I don't understand why um, they're not favored a little bit. So for that reason, with the minus one ten, you know, you're, when you're getting close to even money like that, and and you got a feel for the game and, and who's going to take it, like you said, they've already beat them uh, this year. I I I'll, I just go Detroit on that one. All right, like in uh, Detroit as well. Uh, probably some good props as well for the Red Wings in that game. Uh, if you're looking at it, a, a bunch of their top six. Uh, good considerations there. Colorado, New York. Uh, next up here, this is the first of an ESPN doubleheader tonight. Uh, this is the Stanley Cup final prediction for some people uh, coming into the season. Avalanche, Rangers, uh, Avs minus 115 road favorites, six the total. The big news coming into this game is the fact that it looks like the uh, Avs are going to have Devon Taves back. And I'm telling you what, the blue line has not been generating the offense from the back end without him because he's such a dynamic skater, dynamic puck mover, gets the transition and the rush game going, has this incredible chemistry that he has with Kale McCarr uh, on that top pairing for Colorado. They really did miss Devon Taves uh, for these couple games. So the fact that he is going to be back, it looks like tonight uh, for the Avalanche is huge, especially when you're playing. You know, a top flight team like the Rangers, who haven't exactly played top flight hockey in their last two games. Suddenly, uh, a little two game skid for the Rangers, losing back to back home games to the Sharks and the Blue Jackets. Very surprising. Although the Blue Jackets game did come with uh, Yaro Halak uh, in net. Uh, Yaro Shalakt is what the way I say it when he has a game like that. But uh, 5 2 uh, loss uh, in that one uh, for the, uh, or 5 1 rather, for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets uh, defeating uh, the New York Rangers. So I am concerned about the Rangers a little bit these last two games. But the one thing about the Rangers is we did see them beat Tampa Bay in an ESPN game to begin the season, 3-1 to one at home. Uh, they beat Minnesota. 
you know, when they've had to play these really good teams, these more spotlight matchups, we've seen the best from the New York Rangers in these kind of situations. So I'm going with them here, uh, believe it or not, New York at minus 105. Everybody's worried about them a little bit after two bad games. Uh, and I think in this game now with Igor Shosturkin back in net, you're facing the Stanley Cup champs. This is the uh, wake-up call the New York Rangers need. You know, I still sometimes worry that they rely too much on Igor Shosturkin. I don't like that Philip Hedel uh, is out. Certainly they're going to miss him uh, the way he came on strong offensively down the stretch last season in the playoffs. Uh, but still, you've got more than enough to go around offensively going into this game against Colorado. Uh, you're off, you know, a loss that didn't sit well. Uh, 5-1 the other night. He actually only gave up 21 shots, but again, uh, it seemed like everything Columbus threw at the net went in. Uh, so when I look at this game, it's not easy to go against Colorado, but I keep thinking back to the Calgary game where I took Calgary against Colorado at home, and they got the job done against Colorado. I think you got that same kind of situation here for the uh, New York Rangers. So I'm going to jump on them, minus a 105. Everybody throws them in the garbage after two bad games, two bad losses. I'm not going to do that just yet. Uh, what do you think, Alex? Abs Rangers. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one to watch. I'm glad this will be on during the backcast tonight. I want no part of anything pregame with this one. Uh, these are two really good teams. He said potential Stanley Cup final preview for sure. You got Alexander Yorgiev starting against his old club. He'll be uh, fired up. Be yep. He's going to be fired up. That doesn't mean yep. a heck of a whole lot because now he's got to try to outdo his old his old battery mate Shesterkin, who we know it can be absolutely lights out. Uh, when he's on. So this is going to be a, a fun one to watch. This will be a good one to look for some live betting opportunities, which we'll be doing tonight on, on the BetCast, but I want nothing to do with anything right now. Uh, you know, looking at the Rangers, he said they'll be able to turn things around, and, and it, it starts with the goaltending, but they've got a big question mark to ask themselves. Is Halak the answer as a backup now? You know, I mean, it's, it's pretty early, but he kind of looked shaky in Vancouver, looked shaky in his, you know, at the end of his, his term with Boston. They might have to go a different route. They're, they're set with Shesterkin. As long as he's healthy, he's fine. He, he's their number one guy. But, you know, even with a, you know some, having somebody 20, 25 starts during the season, Halak may not be the answer. And if you're talking about a tight Metro division with Carolina and now Pittsburgh still hanging around, and those points at the end of the year are going to come, uh, you know, become uh, important. You don't want to have to have throw Halak in, even even with this game tonight. They play tomorrow against the Islanders. Always a a, a you know a hardy and healthy rivalry. Do you really want to go right back to Halak? Do you really want to run Shesterkin for two games back to back in in you know uh, late October? They've got questions to ask about that backup goaltending spot. I think they might need to address them sooner than later. Yeah, I know it's last year and this year. Like I said, Yaro Shalak. Uh, right now for this uh, team he's not been great and uh but again i find shesterkin last year even when the rangers made that run to the east final covered up a lot of defensive breakdowns okay mm -hmm. and you can see that when halak is in there he didn't get those cleaned up quite as much uh what do you think here jay with colorado new york great game tonight yeah for sure for that reason i'm staying away from it right now if i were to watch that game live um i'd try to get a sense of what's going on and who's firing and what that team team uh, setup is and how much momentum is going to play a factor in and see if I could jump on something based on what I see. But just from sitting here looking at the numbers and, and the teams, uh, it really could go either way. You got the Colorado Avalanche coming in and obviously they are who they are based on the last few years of, of dominance but you know they've shown some holes a little bit this year and probably not been off to the best start that they've wanted. Um, 
and at the same time, you know, the Rangers, you know, at any point in time, Shesterkin could just steal a game. Um, they're coming off two-game loss. Are they the kind of team that's going to go three in a row and really have a problem, or are they going to answer back? Uh, it's just hard to see without getting a gauge for for where the team's at. I'd love to see the start of the game, the first five, ten minutes, and then and then get a get an assessment from there. And and that's that's what I do. If I don't have a, a clear-cut decision and reason why I'm picking somebody without having too much on the other side to negate it, I, I just stay away from it. Yep, nothing wrong with that, especially a big board like this when you're talking uh, 10 games. All right, let's go to uh, Alex's team here, the Chicago Blackhawks hosting the Florida Panthers. Florida minus 230, road favorite six and a half, the total uh, in this game. How about Chicago? You know, they go home and all of a sudden they've won uh, two in a row uh, to start this homestand. And now they're three and two on the season, back-to-back home wins against Detroit uh, and Seattle. Uh, impressive stuff. Uh, Tyler Johnson decided I'm going to show up one year, maybe too late, but Tyler Johnson, man, a great start to the uh, season for him, of course, brought him over from Tampa Bay prior to last year. Remember when they put all their eggs in the basket of, wow, we're bringing in Tyler Johnson and Seth Jones and Mark Andre Fleury. And we think we could make the playoffs, maybe even be a dark horse Stanley cup contender. And then things fell apart. Jeremy Colleton gets fired and the rest is history, miserable underachieving season, but looks like now Tyler Johnson this has definitely been the best little you know, stretch of games that he's had as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. There's no question uh, about that. Impressive to see them trailing against Seattle, but they rally back uh, to score, to get the 5-4 uh, to four victory uh, in that game. And say what you will, Alex. You know you watch this team a lot. They're playing hard. You will say that. They're playing hard right now, the Blackhawks, for new head coach Luke Richardson, which is really good to see. Uh, of course, in terms of their goaltending right now, that's still going to be something that comes and goes. You got Alex Stalock in net again oh, in, in def, indefinitely now because Peter Morozik's groin, uh, shocking, uh, sure. dealing with that again uh, this year, uh, and he's out uh, for a pe- long period of time. So it's Alex Stalock's net for the time being. Bobrovsky for Florida. I kind of have an over lean right now. I mean, Chicago is scoring. Their offense does have some confidence right now. It seems like when they trail in games, uh, they've got the confidence they can come back. Uh, right now, no question uh, about that. So, you know, I might look toward uh, an over six and a half here. Nothing on the side. And as far as props go, uh, you know, you could look Louis Dorenen, cool mint Louis Dorenen, as I like to say. Uh, he might be uh, looking at a, a goal score prop because he's been noticeable lately, you know, outside of the big guns like Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett and Sam Reinhardt. Uh, you know, Louis Dorenen's been noticeable offensively. That's a good bargain pick for Chicago right now. Uh, certainly you're getting good play at the moment from Tyler Johnson. Can't talk you out of that if you're interested in potentially a player prop involving him tonight uh, in this game. But uh, I'm looking at the t- uh, over maybe cashing in this one at six and a half. Alex, what do you think here? Panthers, Blackhawks. Yeah, Hawks have been playing with some some effort and some inspiration, and it's kind of really going uh, against what the whole mantra of the season is supposed to be. So they kind of tanking for Connor Bedard, but here they are, uh, you know, rattling off wins, and, and they got six points. If, you know, playoffs was smart now, they'd be a wild card team. But uh, that's not going to last uh, too much longer. And I think mostly with Salak, as great as he's been so far, I think we're going to see him regress in the form. Uh, and I think it, it could come as early as this game. We saw him get beat with some really soft goals uh, on, on Sunday in that win against Seattle. He's really aggressive, and you cannot afford to be aggressive at caught opposition against a team like Florida and a team like Edmonton on Thursday. Stalock's already, already been confirmed he's going to get the start for this game tonight, 
And, uh, you know, barring anything else happening, he should be ready to go for Thursday as well. Those are two teams you cannot afford because even with Florida, the way they've changed their game, and they're kind of in a bit of identity crisis. You called this, Ian, with, with Paul Maurice taking over. You know, they're not playing that freewheeling up and down hockey anymore. They're trying to cycle low and, and wear teams down. And, and it, you know, sometimes the offense kind of takes a little bit of a hit for that. But I think here against the uh, Hawks team where the blue line still questionable, the goaltending can still be shaky at times and can be beaten. I think this would be a good spot here for Florida. There's nothing of value to bet with Florida. Uh, even the team total from what I was looking at earlier, pulling it up now, you're laying a dollar fifty. That's a little bit high for my cutoff. Yeah. So this would be one I'll be attacking this live for sure. As far as player props go, I like Max Domi to score a goal. I'm seeing as high as plus three twenty is a rogue three seventy at, at Caesars. I don't know if that. That number might be off a little bit, but uh, anything in that in that 290 to, to 310 range for, for Max Domi to get a goal. He's got three of them already, and I talked about this. I actually did a Chicago Blackhawk podcast that uh, was a guest on, on a, yesterday, and it dropped today. You can find that on my Twitter. I talked about how I think Max Domi, you know, he's betting on himself. He took he signed this one-year deal. He knows this is a complete rebuild, and, you know, he's comes from a great pedigree, obviously. His dad, Ty Domi, played in Toronto, an original six guy, I think. Max gets it as far as, you know, what it takes to play for uh, an original six franchise in a big market like Chicago, and I think he might finally be able to find a, a comfy home and, and be able to elevate his game where we you know, thought it might be at the beginning of his career. So I think he might be a good fit for this Hawks organization moving forward. He's done well in that top line with Patrick Kane. I mean, you, you know, you put a, a trash can alongside Patrick Kane and he might, you know, get a goal or assist there. So, uh, you know, I, I like Max Domi to get a goal here tonight. I don't know if they're going to be able to keep the winning ways rolling tonight against Florida. Uh, one more thing, Sergey Bobrovsky is getting the start in that. He is 14-5-2 with a 2.45 goals against a 9.23 save percentage and a shutout in 21 career starts against the Hawks. He has kind of been a Hawk killer throughout his career, wherever it be Columbus, Philly, or even now in Florida. So uh, I would look for Florida, some form or fashion in game and Max knowing to get a goal at plus 300. Yeah, that is a great price. Absolutely. On Max to score a goal, three goals already for him uh, this season in uh, five games. So you, know, you got to like that price. Definitely. Plus 300. Jay, what about you? Panthers Hawks? Yeah, for sure. Um, I like the Florida Panthers in the game, but I just don't like the money. Um, I think I'll take the over on it because, you know, I, I believe the Florida Panthers will come in and, and you know, they're going to establish themselves again as, you know, a dominant force in the East. And the Blackhawks, I think, have kind of blown their load already being um, doing what they've done the last three games. I think they're going to have to to get knocked down on the pedestal a little bit. Like you say, this isn't really sustainable. So I, I, I do think, though, that both teams are going to be coming, coming out hard. Chicago's flying high. They're going to be coming out with tons of confidence, throwing the kitchen sink at them. They're going to be exposed with their weaknesses doing that. Florida Panthers are going to put the hammer down, and they're going to show what kind of team they are. I think it could be a high-scoring affair. And uh, for that reason, the only thing I'm interested in is the over on the total there. All right, we got a good one here. Pittsburgh and Calgary next up. The Flames minus 175 home favorites, 6.5 the total. Calgary's been a team I've cashed a bunch with uh, this year. I had best bet on the Saturday show uh, Calgary uh, to get it done against uh, Carolina, uh, and they got the win in overtime there. My Johnny, I told you, my Johnny Cash Ring of Fire uh, rendition at the end of that show is why they won. If I didn't do Johnny Cash at the end of that show, uh, they wouldn't have won that game for me. But uh, it was a great win for Calgary. A bounce back after Buffalo kind of embarrassed them. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres, the game before that. That was impressive to see the way Buffalo played, but a nice bounce back win for Calgary. That's what good teams do. You're supposed to be an elite team, and I think Calgary is supposed to bounce back when you don't play well. 
They did that against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, it's been a nice start. Nazem Kadri has fit in seamlessly, the perfect Daryl Sutter player. You know, he, he gets right in the mix, four checks, goes to the net, throws the body around, uh, wins big face-offs, great two-way center. Everything Daryl Sutter wants his player to be, Nazem Kadri is that player. Uh, it's a great fit. It's a home run. You get these uh, guys that were just terrible, like Monahan and others out of there. The injury riddled, never were consistent. And now you got Daryl's players in there. And you can see there's a hard team to play against most nights. They're going to have their b- bad nights every now and then, like the Buffalo game. But I like this team up front with Lindholm continues to play well. Jonathan Huberto hasn't hit his stride yet, but give him time. Uh, he'll get there for sure. Uh, Mangiapane, Dubé are going to be, I think, good forwards now that they're getting more ice time offensively capable and i like one through six the blue line and they don't even have oliver shillington yet wait till they get him back but you've got hannafin and you've got rasmus anderson all these guys that's one through six there's no norris trophy candidates but one through six that is a great steady blue line with depth and i like to see that from this uh, calgary team pittsburgh on a back-to-back i took edmonton against them that was my best bet on the show yesterday edmonton Roaring back from a deficit, beating Pittsburgh last night. I think things are going to get tougher for Pittsburgh. You beat Arizona at home. I said it yesterday. You beat Arizona at home to start the year. Big deal. You took. You got Tampa Bay on a back-to-back on the road when you beat them. You got L.A. on a back-to-back on the road when you beat them. You beat Columbus, who have been kind of disappointing. And you lost to Montreal. Now the rubber meets the road for the Penguins. And I like that Crosby, Malkin, Latang. they're all healthy to begin this season, which is good to see, although Gensel's banged up. But... You know, you feasted on a schedule that you, you were in a good spot. The opponent was in a bad spot, you know, in so many of the games you played. Now you're going on the road. You're facing good teams, Edmonton, Calgary. It's going to be tough. I don't know if I'm going to bet Calgary tonight because it's so pricey. It's minus 175, but I, I definitely am considering them in regulation. And that's probably the way I'm going to play it here tonight. Ride the flames one more time, back to back on the road. Pittsburgh will want to play better after losing last night to Edmonton, but tough spot for them. Uh, Calgary, by the way, will have Markstrom in net, probably Casey DeSmith, although it's not confirmed in net for Pittsburgh after Jari was in net last night. But uh, the only way I would consider it is Calgary in regulation tonight uh, in this game at around even money, uh, actually minus 110, minus 120. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Penguins Flames? Yeah, I'm looking at the first period over here at two. Uh, you get it plus, uh, you, you got to find even money or plus a dollar ten for that. Uh, as far as a side goes with this one, I want to stay away from it because. He said, I would look for Calgary, but that would be in regulation. But I also kind of feel this game could easily go uh, into overtime. We've seen, uh, you know, in, in the last 10 meetings, you've seen six of them go yep. into OT. And, and you throw out that random 9-1 uh, Penguins win. It's been mostly fairly competitive battles between these two teams. And obviously, these are two teams that are uh, fairly even at the most point right now. I think, I think Calgary is going to be better than Pittsburgh overall. I think Calgary is a better team than Pittsburgh talent-wise. The Pittsburgh has been kind of – uh, you know, out kicking their coverage, playing playing really well. And everybody, you know, we talk about it uh, during the season preview. When Pittsburgh's healthy and they've got everything rolling, they are, are one of those dangerous teams that can still be dangerous. But, you know, second night of back-to-backs, Casey Smith hasn't shown to be the 1B option anymore. It's, it's clearly Tristan Jari's show as a starter, and DeSmith just kind of getting these spot stars as, as a backup. And maybe that – kind of takes him out of his rhythm where we saw him, you know, he was a formidable kind of one B guy when, when, when Jari was going through his struggles, the Smith could step in and, and, and steal a game from you now, not so much. And I wonder is that his decrease in workload has kind of worked against him. So 
Uh, I want to stay away from the side. It would be a lean to Calgary in regulation, but I wouldn't be shocked if this one goes past 60 minutes as well. So I'm just sticking with that first period over two uh, plus a dollar ten. I think it's a great price, even with how defensive minded Calgary is. Pittsburgh's offense has been rocking and rolling. If they can get a goal, Calgary has enough firepower to push back and and possibly tie the game up. So uh, look at that first period over. Jake Gensel day to day might return tonight, according to Mike Sullivan, head coach, but we're not sure yet. It's going to be game time decision. If he doesn't play, Danton Heinen will stay on the top line with Sidney Crosby uh, tonight, along with uh, on that top line, Crosby and uh, Ricard Raquel. And if Heinen's on that top line again, we're going to bet his prop again because we've been doing that. He's been moved up to the top line. He's been plus 350 to score a goal. He's worth a look if he's on that top line again tonight With if Gensel is out once again. What do you think here, Jay? Pittsburgh, Calgary. Yeah, just looking at last night with Pittsburgh, I thought they came out, um, you know, Edmonton types tends to do that where they, they get behind the eight ball, but um, you got to have your ducks in a row to get them down the way they were early on in that game. And then, uh, you know, obviously McDavid and, and Dryside will do their thing and Kane was involved as well to take it away from them. And I think that they're chomping at the bit and they're happy they're playing back to back nights right now because they can they can write that wrong right away tonight. And there's too much veteran leadership and, uh, and experience on there to let that go unnoticed. So um, I'm looking for them to come out really strong, and just because of, the, of their number there at plus 155, uh, I'd like them to come and come down to Calgary and uh, and maybe steal one from them there. All right, live dog says Jay here. Pittsburgh plus 155. Buffalo, Seattle, Seattle Kraken minus 130 home favorite, six and a half the total. You know I'm betting Buffalo again. Although I will admit this spot has me worried for the Buffalo Sabers. It's been such a wonderful road trip for them. You're not supposed to go through Western Canada. The Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames, and the Vancouver Canucks and sweep those three games. You're not supposed to do that. It's supposed to be damn difficult, damn hard to do that. And Buffalo's been able to do that. I've been impressed with this team's speed, their playmaking, their their puck movement, uh, their offensive creativity. I mean, this team's got it rocking and rolling. They're fun to watch. Apparently, the camaraderie in the dressing room is there. Uh, and it's been there for a while, really late last year. It's carried over into this year. I mean, how many players are not playing well for them right now? I mean, it seems like everybody is playing well. Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck has been terrific. Uh, Victor Olofsson, uh, Dylan Cousins, J.J. Paterka. I keep saying, you keep looking for props with J.J. Paterka, uh, and you're going to be rewarded. He's getting good prices on his props. He's playing well for the uh, Buffalo Sabres, and they're scoring goals, and they're getting goaltending right now. Even defensively and the goaltending has been better than maybe a lot of people thought from Buffalo. That was my concern. That was Alex's concern with the Sabres coming into the year. Would they be able to defend at a high level? Would they be able to get goaltending from old man Winter, Craig Anderson, uh, and, uh, of course, Eric Comrie, who comes over from Winnipeg? And both of those guys have played well uh, so far for the uh, Sabres in net. Looks like in this game tonight, Eric Comrie versus Martin Jones uh, will be your goaltending uh, matchup. Uh, Martin Jones, of course, surrendered five goals in the uh, come-from-behind victory for Chicago, uh, 5-4. So, you know, certainly not exactly a goalie I trust here. I, I'm i a little surprised that Buffalo is still uh, this kind of underdog. The one concern and the end of a long road trip that's been successful, right? This is the final game of this road trip for Buffalo, and it's been a great road trip. But they played Edmonton, great team. Calgary, great team. Vancouver supposed to be a solid team. They haven't been, but they threw the three wins there. And now you go to Seattle, kind of a team that's not really going to stoke your energy level maybe as much. Do you have a clunker here? Do you lay an egg if you're Buffalo? 
now you're up and you're about to go back to Buffalo after this. That does worry me a little bit, this spot. But I've been riding Buffalo every game of this road trip. Took them in all three games in Western Canada as a dog against Edmonton. I looked at them in the Calgary game, a team total. Took them against Vancouver. I'm going to take them again. If you haven't been betting Buffalo, this may not be the best spot to jump in now. But I'm going to take them here. Ride this Buffalo team. They're playing great hockey, plus 110. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Sabres cracking. Yeah, I haven't been riding that uh, that train like you have. But like I said, I, I won't take them necessarily in this particular spot. I like to see goals in this one. Uh, just the, the matchup alone of Comrie and Jones, it just screams over to me. But six and a half, you're laying a dollar twenty, dollar twenty five. I try to shop around for that best number. You might be able to get a better number live. I don't think we're going to see a goal in the first two minutes. I think, I think you might be able to see this drop down to a six. If I can get a six or even a five and a half at one thirty, uh, then I'll take a shot with the, with the over live. Uh, I like both teams to score. It's the old, uh, our friend in the chat, Chris Otto, it's his special. Both teams to score at plus one forty in the first period. That's something I definitely like. If, if we do see goals coming in, but I don't, I don't think it's still don't think it's going to be in the first five minutes. I think if you like first period over, you like both teams to score in the first there'll still be time for them to get that done in the first, the last uh, half of this period. And that's the thing. This, these are two teams that kind of roll on that offensive momentum get a feel for one another, but they definitely look to, to, you know, try to convert early in games. We've been seeing that uh, happening so far. So both teams to score in the first period plus plus one forty, and I'm looking for a live over option, either six or five and a half at a, at a better price. Yeah, this is Buffalo and at the team total. I'm coming right back to that over three and a half with the team total as well. I definitely lean over six and a half as well. And what you mentioned, that both teams to score first period. And you can get those at a plus price, the both teams to score first period. That's a good option in this game. I think you're probably going to see a little. And remember, when you're on a long road trip, I think you get sloppier defensively as the road trip goes along because you've been on the road, a lot of air miles, taxing on the body, taxing on the mind. And it shows up sometimes at the defensive end. Uh, Jay, you're the per- perfect person to ask. Am I right on the money with that? The longer the road trip, the more mistakes creep into your game defensively? Um, it can be, depending on how grueling it was and, and how you're doing. But I think their vibe is really good. And for them not to be picked, to be doing as well as they are right now, tells me that those intangibles are in place. And these guys are are uh, finding, finding the gel and they're finding chemistry with each other. And I know how much everyone's going to be preaching right now this road trip won't mean as much if we don't win this game. Like you always want to finish your road trips on a high note or else you got to live with that for the, for the remainder of the time until you get back home. And sometimes that can be the most important game. And I think those guys will be preaching that really hard and as good as their road trips been, it's, it's not going to have the same effect. So I think they're going to be focused up. And um, again, on that plus money, I, I don't see Seattle being, um, you know, as hot of a shit team as some guys have pegged them to be at certain times. So uh, like you said, you've been riding Buffalo. They've been, they've been solid and, and I'm going to grab that as well. Hey, like in a Buffalo here as well. Seattle's not in the greatest spot either. Let's keep in mind, they're coming back from a, not, not a long road trip, only a couple of games, but uh, still coming off the road uh, for this game tonight, Seattle. So it's, for me, it's just ride Buffalo again, because it's been, and Jay, uh, you're right. Rasmus Dahlin, someone in our chat, I wouldn't talk anybody out of him scoring a goal right now, taking his prop. He's been terrific. JJ Paterka, I mentioned him because you can get plus 450 with him to score a goal. A second on the team and high danger chances generated uh, as well. And Jarek pointed that out in our chat. So you're getting great price with a guy that scored a couple of goals already. He's getting the chances and he's plus 450. That's Ian Cameron prop right there. That's my wheelhouse, baby. Plus 450. Uh, that's the bargain bin we're looking for to cash in with a nice plus price on a guy that's getting chances night in and night out for the Sabres in J.J. Paterka. 
Uh, Tampa Bay, L.A. next up. We've got the uh, Lightning, minus 135, road favorites, six and a half the total. The Kings are off a long road trip. Uh, and these next two games, the same thing, where we've got L.A. and you've got San Jose in the same situation where they're off the long road trip, back home for that first game. I'll throw it right to you first, Jay, with these two. Just the, the premise of Alex and I for years have been trying looking to fade teams in these spots. We are off a, long, a very long road trip, especially when the West Coast team has been in the East, like L.A. has, and like San Jose has been as well, which we'll get to uh, in just a second. You come home, you you're a lot of miles on the road, hotels, back and forth, and you get home, and all of a sudden there's family distractions, and you get, the kids and wife are around, and you pay your bills and do all this shit that you got to take care of, and it's a distraction, and you're tired. And then you go out that first home game off the road trip, and you stink it up. It's a stink bomb waiting to happen you lay an absolute fucking egg happens so much is that true it seems like these are always tricky spots it, it can happen uh you know you get you get used to life one way or the other and all of a sudden everything changes for you and you know it you get adjusting to other things uh that change within your routine and it, it's easy to lose focus on on what's going on and and what you got to focus on and when you get taken off the road or, or thrown onto the road it, it things got to change and if you don't adjust to that well as a team uh, I think that can show up um, but I like the Tampa Bay Lightning here I think that their start hasn't been what what they expect and what they're capable of um, I don't have their team total in front of me but um, I, I'm thinking that their firepower could break out here and and start to score some goals and um, all that I have on them as far as uh, feeling is, is that and I haven't watched the LA Kings a whole lot this year so I, I don't have a strong opinion but just a feeling I have for the Tampa Bay Lightning is, is as well as they're coached and, and what they have going on I think they're going to come out and, and take this game for sure. And if uh, you like Jay Rosehill's team total on Tampa it's over three and a half right now at plus 110 so you get a nice you get at least a good plus price on that certainly a spot advantage for Tampa Bay and L.A. is winless at home. And I remember taking L.A. at home, both of those home games, the Seattle game and the Vegas game to begin the year, found ways to lose. Actually, they played pretty well for the most part, admirably on the road trip. But it was at home. They lost those first two home games. Now they're back home where they're still looking for their first win at the uh, the Crypto Barn. Is that what they're still calling it? That stupid name? Crypto Arena? Crypto.com Arena, yeah. Crypto.com Arena. God. Corporate sponsorship. What a bunch of sellouts we've become. wonder us. how long that'll last. Yeah. Whatever happened to Maple Leaf Gardens? Whatever happened oh. to just names where we kept the corporate shit out of it? You know, I just wish. straight, yeah, iconic names. Boston Garden. Now it's TD Garden. Now it's Fleet Bank. And it's, uh, you know, nationwide arena. It's just, it's endless. I, that's another rant that I've, I've got to <laughs> pump the brakes because I could go on about that for five minutes if, if I wanted to. Uh, mm -hmm. Alex, what do you think here? Lightning and Kings. Yeah, I think, you know, not only are we talking about the, the spot of teams coming back home, but then you've got on the flip side a Tampa Bay team heading on the road off of back to back wins. I think those two uh, are even a stronger point, and that's, like, that's something that me, uh, Ian and I have both kind of looked at. Not just so much fading that team coming back home and trying to get reacclimated after Tom LaRoe, but having a team, you know, wanting to start off on a good foot, foot going out west. Uh, I, I think both spots kind of line up nicely here. So I like uh, Tampa Bay in regulation plus a dollar five. You don't get that price with Tampa Bay too often, and, and you know we we predicted that they would struggle early in, in the season. And I think there'll be more chances to bet on them as the tide turns heading into November, December, and so forth. I think this is a team that gets back on track in the second half, you know, get that uh, kind of, you know, hangover of, of three straight Stanley Cup final appearances, uh, you know, 
kind of out of the system and, and realize, hey, we got to get back on track. So it's not going to be many spots to bet on Tampa Bay right now, but I do think this is one of them. I think that offense can uh, come alive. Vasilevsky uh, going up against Jonathan Quick. Quick, he's looked good in some of his starts. It hasn't you know, turned into wins, of course. His, his, his records don't reflect as good as he's looked uh, in that. For, for an aging goalie, he's still – uh, able to hang around, but I think Tampa Bay is going to put the pressure on him. I think Vasilevsky is going to outdo him. So, uh, Lightning and regulation plus a dollar five. That's not that fair. And, and for Tampa Bay, it's been two players carrying them offensively: Steven Stamkos and Braden Point. I mean, it's really amazing. Stamkos has been like, uh, just on fire: seven goals in six games to begin the year, four goals in six games from Point, and then everybody else on the team's either got one or a goose egg so far. Uh, on this team. So it's really been the Braden Point, Steven Stamkos. So actually, Corey Perry has two goals. And then other than that, everybody's got one or zero. So it's mostly been Stamkos and Point so far. So if you're betting props in this game, you might want to just target those two guys to do uh, most of the damage in this one. All right, we've got Vegas and San Jose. It's funny, actually, I did Tampa LA first to reverse the order, but that's okay. Vegas, San Jose, final game of this marathon show, minus 180 uh, road favorites here, six and a half the total. Uh, I'm going to double up on Vegas here uh, in this spot tonight. This is a franchise that for the last decade, Jay, we've talked about how we've been in this business for 10 years, sports betting uh, full-time, Alex and I. And during those 10 years, I think the one thing we've seen consistently is the San Jose Sharks just playing awful in a first home game after a very long road trip. Hmm. It's been death taxes, fade San Jose, first home game off a long road trip. And here we are again with this uh, age-old spot. And on a road trip that actually turned out okay for the uh, San Jose Sharks in that four-game trip, they actually split it two and two with a couple of wins against the Rangers and the Flyers. Uh, and also a couple losses to the Islanders and the Devils. But now they're back home, and the, the the thing that really is bad for San Jose is they get not even two days off or three days off after that road trip. They played Sunday night in Philadelphia, and they're playing 48 hours later, you know, with one day off in between to go all the way east coast to west coast. I don't think they're going to have a sharp hockey game. Now, for Vegas, it's back-to-back for them after beating Toronto uh, last night 3-1. to one. But it's early in the season still. They haven't had a back-to-back yet this year, the Golden Knights. I think they can handle it, and I think they can take care of business here against the Sharks. And Aiden Hill is probably going to be the goaltender tonight, you would think, for the Vegas Golden Knights, facing a team that he used to be with as well, the San Jose Sharks. So uh, you would expect him to play pretty well uh, in net. James Reimer has been confirmed. Uh, in net for the uh, San Jose Sharks, but I'm going to go with a double up here. I'm going to go Vegas in regulation, but I'm also going to go Vegas first period puck line uh, in this game as well uh, In uh, for the uh, Golden Knights. Uh, the Vegas first period puck line, uh, you can get that right now at around minus a half, plus 150 at bet 365. So there you go, my favorite book, minus a half, plus 150 with that Vegas first period puck line, and I'm also going to go with Vegas in regulation here uh, in this game, uh, and I think they'll be able to get this uh, done within uh, 60 minutes. Vegas in regulation, by the way, uh, you can get that currently around uh, plus, or sorry, around even money, minus uh, plus 100, minus 110 is what we're looking at with Vegas in regulation. Alex, what do you think here, Golden Knight Sharks? Yeah, this is the first thing I bet this morning, Vegas uh, first period puck line, right there with you on that. Like I said, we've been, we've been attacking this uh, this angle very similarly for for a very long time now and looking back just at the the short list of numbers five and seven for uh, san jose the last 12 uh instances where they had that first game back home off a long short trip but most of those wins came uh you know in, in previous seasons they've been 
you know, trending back to where they were at the height of the Sharks. That's that's the interesting thing about this trend. At the height of the Sharks playing well and, and being a Western Conference contender, a cup contender. Yeah, the Pavelski, Thornton, and Marlowe teams and those great Sharks teams. Right. Yeah, and they, they were struggling in the spot this too. Yeah. 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 So it, this is this is there's clearly something to this. It's deeper than just uh, the lineup on the ice. There's there's something structurally to this. And of course, if you go back to that shortened season, they had 13 games on the road before they end up coming back. And sure enough, it was against Vegas. They lose three to one in that spot. So uh, no matter what year it is, it, this has just been a, a good betting angle. And obviously with the inflated price, even regulation, you know, you're laying, you know, like I said, dollar ten, dollar fifteen. I'd look at that, but I feel more confident with Vegas coming in and, and, and getting out of that first period with the lead. And like you said, the Aiden Hill angle is interesting because we always talk about, you know, players facing their old team for the first time. Usually we're talking about it in a situation like we are with Columbia, uh, Colorado and New York, where Yorgiev, his whole career was in New York, and all of a sudden that first time back. Well, Aiden Hill's career started with the Arizona Coyotes. He actually went four and two against uh, San Jose in six games against them and then played uh, his longest time, logged his most minutes of his career to date with San Jose last season and now facing his old team. So I think that angle kind of uh, is amplified a little bit more. Not only is he playing his, his old team guys he was just in the locker room with a year ago, but he's already had good numbers against San Jose. So all of that together definitely links for what should be a good night for Vegas. And of course, uh, this would be. Phil Kessel, like I said, breaking his Ironman streak, 990 games. I don't know how Vegas didn't give out free hot dogs last night for him tying the, the record. Like, how do you miss <laughs> that opportunity to give everybody one free hot dog? I don't know. But uh, kudos to him, 17 years to play that long. That is uh, a hell of an honor, uh, no question. So uh, maybe we see him get on the board tonight possibly as well. That might be worth a shot. But I like Vegas first period puck lineup plus $1.50 tonight. Yeah. All right, there we go. That is hard to wonder why they didn't give out those dogs. But, um, no, I, I, I like Vegas as well. Um, just after the game they played yesterday against Toronto, um, they just seemed like they were really well-rounded and they, they're on top of their game right now and they know how to start a game especially. So um, I like that first period puck line as well. And then after hearing hearing from you guys what's uh, what's happened to the Sharks um, after getting home from the road, um, I like in, uh, in regulation as well. So totally agree with you guys there. All right, like in uh, Vegas in uh, regulation as well uh, in this one in the first period puck line. And, you're, and you know, Aiden Hill hasn't been confirmed yet, but I would, I would be stunned if it's not him. I think it's going to be him. I mean, Logan Thompson played last night, and he played very well again uh, in the victory against the Leafs. And Aiden Hill's played well, actually, in the two starts he's had this year for the Vegas Golden Knights. So he's very capable goalie, and he'll certainly be motivated. But I'm, I'm going to assume it's going to be him. I mean, we're not splitting the atom figuring out that Aiden Hill is going to be uh, in net tonight for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And, and, and if it happens to be Logan Thompson, if it happens to be Logan Thompson, then, hey, that's even even better because he is the better option of the two, two net miners. I just don't think they would try to run him back-to-back -back this early in the year. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, Jay, we kept, this show was longer than I thought. We tried to keep it to 90 minutes, but we, we did the, the first. But the good news is if you rejoin us, won't be this long, not even close, because we did the whole intro. We got to know you, meet you. We showed some clips. We're not going to do that every time. Like I said, we're not rolling out the red fucking carpet every time you show up. <laughs> this is a one-day-only deal, rolling out the highlight reel and showing all the old fights. So don't my tires are our, my tires are already pumped. You guys are you guys are done with that. It's, it's yeah, fine. Exactly. We're, we're done with that shit now. Moving forward, but awesome <laughs> show. Lots of fun. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, hit the like button. Almost three hundred live viewers uh, on YouTube. YouTube, hit the like button. We appreciate it. Um, before we wrap up and get to best bets, Jay, just some final words from you. 
Yeah, just thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, it's it's been a blast, kind of uh, getting into this space and and learning a little bit about uh, the betting. I, I really appreciate the way you guys go into it in depth and certainly do your research. And you know, you've learned after such a long time uh, what type of things actually matter in this business and and what don't. And I think a lot of the times they uh, they coincided with my thoughts on on what makes a team bring it from night to night. So uh, yeah, definitely interesting to get into this a little bit more and and meet you guys in person. And uh, like I said, you guys work your asses off and uh anything that comes to you you guys deserve so uh great job and thanks for thanks for having me on and and for the the really uh kind intro about my career you guys made me look like a hall of famer which is certainly not the case <laughs> uh, we, we, we appreciate do. you being on and, and like i said you know we, we like i said we value the the kind of work that you did and put it on the ice uh, you know the superstars get all the the, the claim and, and credit all the time but people you know, that love tussles like we did growing up we appreciate exactly it. Yeah. well i appreciate it <laughs> yeah, we need to see it. We need to see it stick around in the game somehow, some way. Certainly. We got to keep that element uh, of hockey alive and well. Hopefully we keep the winning ways alive and well, because it's best bet time to wrap up the show. Uh, let's start with our guest, Jay uh, Rosehill. What do you think for your first ice guys? Best bet tonight. Best bet tonight. Whoo, that is tough. Um, I think I'm going to go with, what are we looking at here? I think that Vegas is the best bet tonight. Um, like I said, they were just sharp as hell last night. Um, they really put the Leafs on their heels in a big way, and they looked well-rounded. And, and then after hearing about the record of, of San Jose, um, I just think it's kind of a slam dunk to get that done in, in regulation. I think it could be a multi-goal win as well, and I think they'll come out of the first period with the lead as well. So that, that was the one I felt the best about today for sure. There you go. The first period puck line. You want to go with that one? That's right. There you go. Vegas first period puck line. Minus a half, plus 150 first period. Do you know the way to San Jose? Hopefully Vegas does and they get the uh, job done uh, here tonight. All right, Alex, a best bet. We're going to go with the team that drafted Jay Rose Hill, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, regulation plus $1.05 against the LA Kings tonight. I think this is a big spot. Where... Up oh, muted. We've we've lost uh, Alex's. There you go. I just had the craziest like pop up just like happen in, in my headset, and I have no idea. Oh, what's okay. Going on. Uh, so right. <laughs> sorry about that. So that yeah. cam on there. That's bad. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning regulation plus a dollar five. We've got uh, two spots that line up perfectly. You got L.A. coming back from uh, you know a long road trip, going up against the Tampa Bay team. They had back to back wins, trying to get things sorted out after a bit of a sluggish start, hitting the road for a, a three game. West Coast trip. I think this is a great spot here. Vasilevsky to get back on his game. This team get their offense rolling. Let's ride the lightning with Tampa Bay in regulation plus a dollar five is my best bet. There you go. Uh, Tampa Bay lightning in regulation against LA. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet. Let's try to keep it going. A best bet winner with the Oilers last night. Let's go to Columbus, the C bus. Arizona, Columbus, over six and a half for me, a minus 120. I like that one quite a bit. Uh, we saw 19 goals in two head-to-head -head meetings last year. Coyotes and Jackets, two bottom-tier defensive teams uh, in the NHL. Goaltending we don't necessarily trust. I think both teams just roll that puck out there, go back and forth, exchange goals in what should be an entertaining and high-scoring affair. Coyotes, Blue Jackets, over six and a half. For my best bet here on this Tuesday uh, NHL card. And that's a wrap for this edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us. Don't forget the live betcast tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. So it's a mini break for us, and then we're back at 7 p.m. Eastern with the betcast. DM any 
Alex or I, if you want to join us on the BetCast, for sure, we appreciate and thank our special guest, Jay Rosehill, for joining us. For Alex P. Smith, our special guest, Jay Rosehill, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. We'll see you for the BetCast tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Bring your booze as well. Get it ready. Uh, We're going to be bringing it. Live betting, commentary throughout the night, and all the NHL action. Join us for that at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you then. Uh, For that, the Ice Guys BetCast, presented by National Hockey Now. 